five hundred dollars. Yes, to I'm going to start the show. Okay. By the way, the the dog of our guest, which we're bringing in a little bit, looks like a Star Wars character and keeps staring at me. All right, so, um, <laughs> but like, oh, you we start. Do we want to? We, can we start the show? Oh, yeah, oh, we should start the show. But also, there it is. Oh, start. Okay. Just doing the music. Go ahead. Keep yeah. Talking. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say uh, hard drive. So my uh, the reason we're talking about everybody is my hard drives failed. It's a PSA. External hard drive. Your yes. shit. Cloud it. But what? But but my question is, cloud it because this isn't the first time it's happened to you, correct? Correct. So I lost all, a lot of family foot. What? Ha- that's what I'm saying. When you when that photo thing happened, I thought there was a discussion where you were like, <laughs> "I am never going to not back up my stuff." There's again. been a lot of discussions in life, John. I believe me, I've been privy to maybe I don't know one percent of. Them. I don't know, and I'm mad at myself. And it like what you were saying though is, if you do it, it costs thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin, and I'm John Huck. You want to explain to the guests what we just did? Oh yeah, well we're we're gonna talk for two minutes and then whenever you're ready, oh, yeah, we'll yeah don't, you noise. can make as much noise as you want. We don't you don't matter. Yeah. We already inter- <laughs> we already interviewed the dog, so everything's fine. Hercules had a lot to say. Yeah, and now I'm uh, doing some laps. Her- Hercules doing laps. Hercu please, Hercu please, Hercu please. Oh oh, I thought I like Hercu please, Hercu please. So. The other thing I wanted to, anyway, back your stuff up, and it costs back. thousands of dollars when they have to do data recovery, which they were unable to do with mine, so they shipped mine back and said, sorry, we're not going to charge you the $4,000 that it would have cost you to get your data recovery back, because we can't get, it's, it, it's destroyed. People need to understand, external hard drives are mechanical, Yeah. so when it fails, it's not a software issue, nope. it's an actual physical failure. There's gears that is, inside that and, thing that won't work. And if work. it scratches the disk that it's saving this stuff on, it is gone forever. Yep. Anyway. Also, my point, I, I paid $2,500 years ago, but I paid $2,500 to get back what I thought was super, important super, stuff. super important <laughs> stuff. And then after that, like, they, they, ended ended up, up, they ended up discounting me like $500. It was only 2000 but I got it all back, and I started looking at it, and I go, what was it all? What? I don't need any of this. This is all shit. Yeah, but you panic in the moment because you don't, th- that's the other thing, is you're not, you're not. You're not writing down physically what is in the hard drive, so you have like this, which you also could should probably do. Probably which is, have a list of what's ha- in just there. Just print out. You could literally do a screen grab, print out, so that way you know what's in every single this one of these gone. things. This is all gone. Do I need it? No. Which Forget is funny it. that I'm saying <laughs> that because 20 years ago, one of my first jobs I worked was, it was all the stuff we were doing, that's what we had to do. We had to print out pictures of all the stuff that was saved. Oh. We're making a movie, yes. so yeah. and it, w- it was a uh, it was a animated feature. So all the stuff was on computer. So you had to document everything that was in there, physically print out that stuff. So if anybody grabbed a hard drive, they could look at what's in the hard drive. What was this for? It was a movie called PC in the Web. It never came out. Oh, yeah, PC in the Web. It was where I met William Cat. Oh, that on that. You ever seen that picture of me you with that a- motion capture uh, just uh, outfit on? Yes, I looking like a weirdo. Yeah, that yeah. was but that was William Cat. You had an office for that show, so you must have been on it for a while. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll take some water. Yeah, yeah, John's Thank gonna. You. I'm good. I brought some water with me. Thank <laughs> you so much, silent guest. Um, so what were we our talking guest is, about? Our guest is a mime today. One last. Oh, two <laughs> things I want to bring up real quick. Uh, this is our first show of 2020. Yes, yes. happy and new year. And I yes. just want to say to everybody out there, 2020 and moving forward. Stop being dicks to garbage men, okay? Oh, oh wow, okay. I'm going to guess that the week after Chris, after New Year's is probably the least favorite week of garbage men yeah. all over the United <clears throat> States. Why, John? Because people are douchebags with their Christmas trees, 
And with everything that they're throwing out from the holidays, whether yes. it's old decorations, whether it's old lights that don't work, whether it's whatever, just dispose of your shit properly. Yeah. You know, be I nice can't, to those guys. They don't want to. That's the. It is like you, th- imagine that. Like you're going back to work. Imagine how annoyed you are going back to work after the break, right? After your holiday break. Now imagine your job was to go clean up after everybody who made a mess over the holidays. Like you, you got to be nice to those people. Oh my god, I can't tell you how many people I saw. Shove their twelve-foot Christmas trees into a three-foot bin, yeah, and just expect those guys to deal with it. It's just like, yep. come on, yep, uh, yeah. Anyway, be nice to garbage man. Wave yeah. to everyone once. A while. You ever wave to your garbage man? Uh, I wave to garbage man, but usually it's thanks for letting me get by or thanks for letting me move around. Just wave you. to him. I mean, yeah, all right. Think about what they, yeah, but what are they? Like, think about what they're doing, dude. I my next door neighbor nice. from where I grew up is a garbage anything man. Cost anything to wave to him. I know two. I know two garbage men. I was in a movie called Garbage, Brian. Yeah, I know that. I but I, no, I no, portrayed no. the struggles of a forty years forty year old garbage man. Uh, that you carry all the same weight. that I they do. carry God. the ex- I'm the same as they are. Well, I played a police officer in a television show, so you're Therefore, under arrest. You, okay, so there you go. When you you're die, under arrest. When you die, you'll citizens have citizens arrest. Police will carry your casket when you die because <laughs> of that one thing that you did. Do I get when the I die? Thing, garbage men pipes? will throw me in a garbage truck and yeah. take my corpse to the dump. Yep. Because of what I've done. <laughs> now, why were we talking about Chuck Norris? Oh, kicking jeans. Kicking jeans. Ooh, somebody. Oh, Chuck Norris. You don't have. Ki- That's oh. okay. Okay. All right. A lot of people do. No. No one. How do you conf- Who are you confusing? Oh yeah. First of all. When you're done with the water, Chuck, come in. we're just we're gonna bring you in on yeah, this we'll, part we'll of it. Yeah, we'll bring then. you in whenever you're ready. No, 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 no. I don't have no, no, that's okay. That's okay. But also, Chuck Liddell is the only Chuck you could mistake Chuck Norris for. Not a lot of other Chucks could fit in there. You know, it's got to be somebody who can who can high kick. But I didn't know that you didn't know about kicking jeans. Did not know about kicking jeans. I know about pajama jeans. Yeah, come on, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Sit down, treat I yourself. Have a seat in your own apartment. I mean, technically, John, introduce our, our guest, and then I will explain to you about kicking. Our jeans. guest today. Uh, we are on the road, by the way. We are on the road. We came to the valley, guys. We came to the valley. Uh, our Thank guest today, uh, actress, writer, comedian, mostly stand-up, uh, a lot of acting. Little acting. Little acting. Not a lot of roles for my type. What is that? What? Uh, <laughs> I'm six foot one. Oh, you so, think? Oh, well, Camilla Cleese. Oh, I want to bring you in. Get, like, I was gonna. It can be limiting, especially as a woman. But a shorter actor can just. Right? That's a super interesting. I mean, unless Shaquille O'Neal makes what? It, what was it? Shazam. Two. Like, yeah, maybe sequel. you could get into Shazam I, I two. Could get in there, but otherwise, it's. D- that's really because people that usually doesn't happen to women. But I've had it where I've gone in for auditions and I lie the other way about how tall I am. I lie and say I, I'm I six too. three. I slouch a little that's bit. Keeps correcting it. It's so annoying. Oh, you try to Not fix only it on the. It, but they make it. They say I'm they, six two. I'm like, no, I'm six one. And a quarter, but like, who cares at a certain point? Right, you want to be it just when you're five I, foot two and a quarter, because then it's like twenty percent of your. Yeah, newsflash to both you guys: yeah. you can lie all you want, but the minute you walk in the door, I think your lies go out the window. <laughs> That's so. the problem. You have a door frame to judge your height, and then if they're if you're acting with somebody else, like uh, I was just talking about that movie Garbage. Yeah, one of the reasons I almost didn't get it was because when they put me and the other actor together in the frame, I was like. Two heads taller than did this they guy. apple box him? Yeah, ever? the fun. The, I think what worked. The only reason it worked is because the main investors were very Russian, 
And the Russian they people like that people? looked at that thought it was hilarious. Uh, okay. They thought the but size it, it difference was really funny. funny it can be, but that wasn't what the point, whole... Yeah. We weren't like trying to be Laurel and Hardy or anything. It was yep. just a matter of um, them worrying about, you know, it was like an independent film, so they didn't want to get people out of the frame. They gotcha. needed to get everybody fit in there. I heard that's why actors are short in the first places, because like back in the day, they couldn't get tall people like in the frame. Oh, <laughs> That's probably They're true. Like, guys, this is as high as this camera is going to well, get. Well, there's so. no, it's on sticks. Yeah. It probably wasn't a lot of like tilting yeah. up super high or like. I guess. I, that, that no fisheye lenses. That would make sense logically as to how it all came about the right. way it did. And that was the other thing they always say about like, they used to say that actors had bigger heads they as do, well because generally. of the way, uh, because again, the way a camera captures a human being is not reality, I guess. Right. I, I well, yeah, like when they say that shit like camera head, So I always thought about that. I, I, have, a I have a huge head. Do you? But I don't book anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it hasn't become an so issue So have yet? you been sending in the proper diameters on your on your pitch? They do yourself? ask for hat size. Do they do that for women? Ask for hat size? Yeah, I leave <clears throat> it blank. You leave it blank? It, well, it, I have a huge head. Like, I, it well, you pop, don't? I use, it looks proportionate to my body, but I'm just oh. like, I'm not... It's funny because people will be like, "You're huge," and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of not a nice word." Well, no, for tall, because uh, yeah. I'm lanky as hell. But like, yeah, you know, huge would be if you were like are huge, but they're also very thin. But if you were as round as you were tall, you'd be huge. I would be enormous. Right, but you're just <laughs> tall. I would be almost my. Is that dad. an acceptable word? <laughs> you're, no, your dad's not there. It's no, he's not. I mean, he like. He hides it well because it's he's broad shouldered and it's all like he was the pregnancy weight. He was know? a very lengthy, lanky dude though, like younger. Yeah, when I he was younger, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a, like exactly. Your mom tall too? Do you have a tall? Were you? You have tall genes in the family? Well, he's six. I think he was six five, but he's like yeah. Okay. Your mom's tall though. Your mom was. She was like five. Eight nine oh, okay. five nine, which is tall for that generation. Yeah. I don't know where the genes come from. I always thought the woman had the dominant genes, but no, I, I think hope it, so. Like looks wise, <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I think it depends on what you're talking about. Like you, people get hair from their mom's dad or something like that. Like it's a, it's. The, I get hair from India. Oh, you get it sent. You get it sent. <laughs> you get it mailed. Yeah. I get it UPS. I over. used to have great hair, but I um, when my mom got sick, it thinned out. So now, but. I always think about how great it would be if I ever committed a crime, because it would be traced back to like eight Indian Indian slaves. hair. Yeah. Really? Oh, good. So, so they would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "How did these girls come over here and murder this guy?" Oh, when that's where it starts. Yeah. That's so like wait, a two-part episode hair? of CSI. CSI. Like I've yes. never done that, and well, to my knowledge, I don't actually. Watch you haven't that watched show. every episode, <laughs> but that's not a bad point. Like you could, like, oh, we found a hair on the crime the scene. Strippers, CSI Vegas, like yeah. they're all fake no hair. That's probably why they never accused them. Like horse tails and stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought horse hair was actually a big no. No, you know what is though? I didn't know that people use horse and mane. Do you know about the horse and mane shampoo? It's supposed to make your hair the best. Yeah, I used to ride horses professionally, so I oh, so you've washed a horse? No, but yeah, and I've used like real horse shampoo for my hair too. It's supposed to be. (laughs) Is there something about it that's supposed to make your hair thicker or better, or is that just a bunch of crap? It does make it. Shinier, but their hair is so thick and coarse, it's almost like guitar strings or something. Yeah. So, like, in order to make it more supple and shine, which you want them to look purdy when you're in like, oh, okay. the show ring. Yeah, that's part of it, right? They yeah. have, but did you, when you say you rode horses, did you do the 
um, the courses where they were like up over the thing and then dance sideways. They and jump then over. Uh, I don't. Well, you. I mean, the dance sideways thing wasn't usually by choice. If I did it, it was oh. more like I don't want to jump this jump. Oh. I'd be like, please do. <laughs> Uh, that's dressage, I think you're thinking of, which is just uh, horse dancing. Work. It's like very. I know. I realize the audience can't. That um, was a yawn. She's was a, she's insinuating it's boring. It did you ever wear? <laughs> it's, like, it's like ballet versus like break dancing. But oh. did you ever wear kicking jeans while you were horse riding? I still want to know what these are. Oh yeah, we never I got. I have split so many pairs of jeans getting onto horses, kicking people, being drunk and stupid, <laughs> which I'm also retired. There's from. a pair of jeans for that. Don't worry. <laughs> drunk and stupid <laughs> jeans. Get them at Walmart. Did Chuck Norris invent the kicking jean, or was it was it? Pe- it was a thing, and and the way they advertised it was they were so flexible, so you could kick people in their thorax. Apparently, so that you know you needed. What's the thorax? I think it's the throat. throat. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's I was the thinking of the Lorax, which I think that's you can kick people in the Lorax. But that it's <laughs> a small man who lives in the trees. <laughs> um, that's what I call my penis, the but, Lorax. But, <laughs> But now, don't they make, like, I've seen them at, like, CVS. Don't they make stretchy jeans, like, tight woman's jeans that look like jeans, but they're actually, like, what you, whatever Pajama you're wearing jeans. now? Pajama Those are jeans. called all jeans. These are yoga pants. Yeah. But they make, but they're like that, right? Yeah, that basically, most jeans now are, like, primarily made out of elasticated, very um, containing, shall we say, fabric. Yeah. Like Tight fit. It's yeah, form-fitting. Yeah, because yeah, I have a pair like of, like... If Spanx made jeans now. Yeah. Right. I have a pair of jeans that... I, I don't thought you were going to say I have a pair of Spanx. I was like, John, please call. I have a pair call. of Spanx that I call jeans that okay. I <laughs> wear on the outside of my clothes. <laughs> no, I think Nicole got them from Shark Tank or something, but, like, they're very... Like, they feel super comfortable, but they are, like, form-fitting. Like, yeah, you can't I wear, can't wear those cannot. out in I public. swear to you, if you ever show up <laughs> out with me... It looks like they're sprayed on my body, but I'm telling you, it. like... To bend, like it's they're so comfortable, man. Like they, they I would really sit around the house more in these. Yeah, the elasticity makes them more like sweatpants. And the, yeah, know? whatever that, they're, whatever the material very is, form fitting yeah. and uh, like they look better on some people than others. Oh, you mean and when you say some people, people I mean you mean women? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I'm fully aware of my body. Uh, I I know that I wouldn't be like I'm gonna go on stage in these. These look good. <laughs> so yeah, the, I'm <laughs> like sure the kicking so jeans were like 1970s. You know, back when tight jeans, right. like high rise, right. tight jeans, Boot bell cuts, bottom. You couldn't yeah. get your foot over your, past yeah. your waist, dude. You couldn't get yeah. it up like. You know, anyway, the, the ads for kicking jeans are just hilarious because it's just a bunch of dudes beating each other up with jeans on. I'm like, are th- who are you marketing to? Like violent people who love jeans? <laughs> are they shirtless? I don't know. Have you ever been to a UFC fight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they Dude, would love kicking jeans. They would buy kicking jeans. Uh, they would buy them out of stock if they had kicking <laughs> jeans at a UFC fight. Be like, wait, I can wear jeans and kick people in the face. I, I could get into bar fights and dude yeah. never rip my jeans. How does one get into professional horror? I mean, I get like doing because obviously we live in California. There's a lot of equestrian places around here, so yeah. I under, I get the people just have horses and they ride the horses and stuff like that. But that's like a whole other level of serious commitment. Like, how does that one to, one find themselves? Um, or were you that obsessed it with it? Starts with really rich parents. Okay. I was gonna say you can't get into horses at all unless no, you Matt Corboy did. Remember one of our previous guests? He worked at a stable. Who? Matt Corboy is an actor. Uh, a very dramatic story about a poor stable boy who found his way <laughs> into horse. Was it called War Horse? Yeah. <laughs> this is the way you describe him. He was just a poor stable boy in Colorado. But no, but, like, but you make it sound like he, was, he got into horses because he lived in an area that had horses. He went and worked at these farms. I don't think, I'm, I could be wrong, that I, Camilla I did started. I actually when I started out. Like, I... 
look, I'm very aware of how fortunate I was growing up. I also lived with my mother a lot of the time. Um, and your parents weren't was a married. Lot more like, no, I mean they were, for, but not for very long. No. Or okay. where did you grow up? Uh, that's an essay question. Oh. Uh, no, I mean which? So when I, I all over the place, to, like in the UK, probably the first. Oh, okay. Third of my life, okay. and then. Um, I love that no one in the audience would know how old I am until they Google it right now. But uh, we <laughs> don't know Googling our show because of my dad. Thank God. Um, so horsing, the horse stuff happened in the UK. It's a much bigger sport there, and it's a okay. very common thing to put your kids in. It's much more oh, affordable okay. too. It's like pony club events and like that kind of stuff. And then when I moved to the US, uh, I think it was like maybe eleven or twelve, and uh, still did it. Yeah, I think. It's also like a very expensive babysitter. It's like a great sport drop your kid to off, put your kid in if you never want to see them, can afford it, and sort of don't mind if they die. <laughs> like, <laughs> Fair enough. Or risk paralysis. Or that's a lot of paperwork they had to sign off on in order to get you. Oh into yeah. That. What age were you doing the professional stuff at? Uh, you can't technically until you're eighteen. Oh okay. Oh okay. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I actually never switched my status to professional. You can. Turn professional. Anyone can claim that they're professional. Oh, okay. okay. But uh, it's almost more valuable when you first turn 18 to remain as an amateur and get paid under the table. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. You uh, don't have to pay taxes on your well, winnings. You're still competing against other amateurs, but Easier you're to win. riding. Yeah. Okay. You're riding other horses for people that are trying to sell them, like to advertise them. So they uh, want really this is how good, good the horse is. So even in that world, the well, only reason why I want to go pro is just more money. It's a very, it's a pretty complicated. The the whole business is bananas. Like really, first, well, now that I'm like 15 years, 10 years out of it. Okay. I look back and I'm like that. Like who thought of that? Like let's take <laughs> horses yeah. and like try and go over jumps really fast. Uh, but it's, I think the hardest part when I turned 18 and I started to see what was going on behind the scenes, like, oh. and, and I worked as, even as a junior, I was working for people, but like you see a, an underbelly of the way that they treat. I was going to say, is there a lot of, is there a lot of cheating? There's a lot of abuse. There's, uh, steroids over medicating the horses to mask pain. And then they're like. You know, they wind up breaking a leg, and then and that's it. Somehow, I mean, not all, I, but like, yeah. There's so much anywhere where there's that much money involved. There's, uh, cr you know, corruption, yeah. criminals yeah. right yeah. behind it. So, just well dressed. Horses, like an average. I mean, when I was doing it, like an average beginning horse at that level was probably in the ballpark of like a hundred grand. Like Jeez. just to give you an idea that I mean that's just to get the horse, like yeah, and then not even that's not nothing to do with maintaining, feeding, training, washing, and, uh, and housing. Some people listening, if they do compete, might say, "Well, I got mine for twenty thousand, and I did fine." But like, sure, my first horse I rescued from a racetrack, and we had to buy him because like he was worth something right. for meat, probably. But like, at the same time. And, you know, I think we paid, like, six grand for him. Oh, and oh. he wound up being a, a lovely horse for me to get mileage on as a 12-year-old or whatever. But, like, I mean, I also broke my neck off him. But <laughs> and that wasn't as cheap. Um, Wait, what? You, you broke, broke your neck? You broke your neck? 
Yeah, not badly, but like. Oh, okay. oh, oh, oh <laughs> sure. then never yeah, mind. Yeah. Let's just skim over that. Forget yeah. it. You broke your back. Oh, as long yeah. as it wasn't bad, because um, most neck breaks. Um, he are was young and a thoroughbred, and they're a little hot-headed, and I went to jump him over a, a like, loggy, like, it, a loggy thing. It, it was a log. A log? <laughs> <laughs> this loggy, rounded, like wooden tree trunk. A huge tree trunk, and his, he, like, balked as he... As he was going, the ground and his front legs didn't clear. Big question over here. Big yeah. question. How old were you the first time you broke your neck? Big question. Uh, I only did it once. Oh, God. okay, good. I was about thirteen. Okay, oh. second big question from over here. Did it stop my growth? Did you stop racing? <laughs> did you stop <laughs> doing oh horses God, immediately like after you broke feet. your neck? No, I was like <laughs> riding in a neck brace. Oh, I mean, good, good for you. That's <laughs> great. What? Were you being I shot up with drugs? You would think that they would scare the shit out of a 13-year-old to the point where well, you're like, I'm done. I, you honestly, know what? Never mind. Honestly, kids, though, I think I think when you reach the age of like 18 to 20 years old, then you start to go, dude, no, I don't want to do that. 13, you're like, ah, that I sucks. I have no sense of mortality. Pop Did up. You, okay, yeah. so you never saw anybody else extremely hurt themselves and that didn't throw you? Um, or did I you not? Or did not? It was only, though, like you said, when I got to be in my late teens, early 20s, like, I think I was 20 when I first, like, started to take a step back, and I'd fallen off one of my horse, or it wasn't my horse, but a uh, horse I was riding, I fell off 13 times in one day. Jesus. And it's, you get to the point where... It, it hurts. also hurts a lot. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you're, you're like not, 13 like... Year old, but at this point, I've already broken all of these different things. I also was like partying really hard at the time, so like. <laughs> at thirteen, it, okay, good. Well, at, yeah, at like yeah. 18, got it. Yeah. twenty, but also at thirteen. <laughs> I mean, I started. If we're being honest, yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, twelve, really. If we're being honest, I was two years young for my grade, but when you're tall. So you grew. You were tall early. Yeah. Okay. Like I popped out of the womb. Like, okay. Lanky. Yeah, six foot. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Six foot. <laughs> my poor mother. <laughs> I was a C-section baby. Ma'am, she's still have, coming. Hold on a second. She's, she's do you have any siblings? Like, did your mom have any other that's kids? That's another essay question. Well, oh. I have like twelve half step. I, yeah, I meant from this, from from no, your not mom. Not from no. that permutation of parents. No. Okay. They, I mean, they weren't really married long enough. Yeah. Is fair to say, I think. Uh, but I've accumulated some. Then sure. They, you know, when your parents get divorced, you're like, are they, I don't know, are they still my brothers and sisters? Yeah, like, how does that work? I, I always lived, almost always there were other kids in the house or like, you know. I don't really know. I, I mean, I still, the ones that I like are still my brothers okay, and sisters. Okay, sure. That's, I, that's, that's how I think it should work. Yeah. If you get along, if you have a relationship with them. And on you the know. whole, they were, I mean, all of them I love. Yeah, there's really just one that's a dick. But I I get it. Like I I'm youngest of seven, so oh, like wow. my older older siblings, I never had a strong. You're it, just so far they're living away. Different lives too. You, Even yes. in the same house, different the generation. There's a 13 year gap. See, so imagine that. My imagine sister's being, 13 years older. Yeah. My half sister yeah. who lives here. My dad's other biological daughter. So you're five. They're 18. They're already doing like. They're trying to move on with their yeah, lives. Yeah, they don't want to like, hang out with a five-year-old. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no like it's yeah. so it's hard to bond I mean, they, at a young I age. I think though when you're it's a 
family of basically comedians and lawyers, which when you're the youngest is not good because <laughs> it's like you're just surrounded by people that are professional liars and <laughs> bullshitters and like who will argue a point even if they know they're wrong. Yeah. You know, just like it's I the love I, a debate. And I'm weirdly gullible for having grown up in that family. Like I, I just I'm trusting. I was going to say, what do you think that is? You're just so willing to, to believe that, people? <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought I was purchased at a department store till I was like 12 <laughs> because the entire family was in on it. And like, if it was just my dad saying that, fine. But like, everybody, when, you know, I misbehave and like, my stepbrother grabs the Herod's bag out of the front hall closet and is like, you're going back. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, did you climb in? And be like, all right, whatever. whatever I guess these are the but rules. I really genuinely like would get really scared and I'd get chased around the house and they all thought it was funny. And it wasn't until I was an adult, they were like, wait, you believe that? I'm like, how the fuck was I supposed to know? They just assumed you were playing along, having fun with it. I think so. But I'm like, did you not see the tears? The crying. The crying <laughs> should have been the giveaway, the, the screaming and the crying. I mean, they also told me I was Chinese and Ethiopian, and I told everyone that for years. <laughs> for years. <laughs> I'm part Chinese, part Ethiopian. Oh, well, you don't look it. No. Well, I know. I, know, I told all the kids in kindergarten, and they like pulled me in, and yeah. Well, but I, I've learned in watching kids, if you say it with conviction, the kids will believe you. I watched a kid. You don't once. even have to say it with conviction. You, you just, just say like, it. It's I'm an adult. Truth. I can I grow watched, a mustache. I watched a here's bunch the, of second graders stand around, and I, I, the one kid had command of all the other kids, and he was like, "I'm really good at karate," and there, and he did like some of the worst moves <laughs> I've ever seen. That, well, by the way, we're also not karate moves, sure. and they all went. Whoa, dude! He is Confidence. so good, and he's all walked away. Be confidently, and that's all, at that age, that's all you gotta do. You know, like that. <laughs> you exi- do? do karate or the, no? But then I like watch well, me do comedy. Do some like watch air karate me. on stage. But <laughs> no, <laughs> big fan, big fan, big fan. Uh, air karate, stool humping, uh, uh, goes yeah, hand in hand. One. That's usually girls, though. Uh, I that's was thinking what. Oh, the karate? No, the the stool humping. Really? Well, I've seen both. Oh, yeah, I've now seen, that uh, I think about it. I've tried I've seen more guys do it than I think than Yeah. I always ask for a, I'm always is there a stool and when everyone goes, Yeah, 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 there's a stool, I'm like, okay, good, because I'm gonna hump it for like forty minutes and they're like, <laughs> uh, okay. You're like, that's my big closer. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's all right, if that's what you do. Um, just for, I wanted to say for we keep talking about your dad, but your dad is John Cleese from Monty Python. That uh, one fifth of uh, no, it's Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac from <laughs> no. Monty rest Python. In peace, rest in peace. Rest in, um, rest in peace. But yeah, no, but it, it is. As, as, I mean, as far as we know. Yeah, as far as you know, I don't think you guys talk. So you guys haven't done Twenty Three and Me yet. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're both too afraid. <laughs> no, I mean. I'm, I'm, I'd probably be relieved. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I li- we're very close. I was going to say, you don't feel any pressure to like to b- kind of maintain any of that, like, I have to be this or I have to be that. Like, Oh, I do. But like at the same time, I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> like, I definitely inherited, I think... I don't think I'm as funny as he is, don't get me wrong, but, like, the dark sense of humor, like, the two of us together, like, ah, death! Right, <laughs> like, sure. You know, that's our favorite subject. The stuff that I write that I can't get away with on stage, I give to him because, like, he loves it, and, you know, when you... You know how it is. Like, when you have your own audience coming to see you, I was going like, to say... Nobody knows who I am. Like, so they're just looking at me like, oh, God, A, I'm a woman, and, like, I look like a woman, which doesn't help. Um, and then, 
I'm trying to win them over. I can't talk about, well, I have been lately, but because uh, I just stopped caring at a certain point. As you well, do, also, you want to like, talk about what you want to talk right. about, at a, uh, and that's how you're going to keep it fresh and worthwhile. Well, and that's the right. true challenge of taking what you want to talk about and, and making, making it strangers, immediate str- immediate new friends to give a shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, some of my favorite bits, like I, I just started talking about, because I made a Facebook account for my mom like while she was in the hospital because she was really bored, and I just realized I still know the login. And she passed away like four years ago. But I'm like, how fun would it be <laughs> to start <laughs> emailing people? <laughs> well, from to start like post status updates. Like, I can see you. <laughs> like, <laughs> see, now that's a thing you were talking about. And this, <coughs> that, that's, and that's comedians, dark, but very funny. Yeah, I mean, you get the the concept, but like, it's hard to get people on board if I'm doing a five minute set. If I'm doing a thirty minute set, it's a different story. Because you can lose like, them I, and get I them back. To, yeah, yeah, and I, I have to get them to trust me first, which isn't always. What, but that's for that's every comic. They're doing obviously you. You've you've written enough. You've performed enough. You have the material to do 30, 40, 50 yeah. minutes. Isn't it harder after you go on the road and you're doing more time? Then you come back to LA and they're like, "Oh, we got a spot for you. It's seven minutes long." And you're like. What the fuck am I going to talk about in seven minutes that doesn't offend or piss off or annoy everyone and then allow me to never get them back and just have to leave the <laughs> That's I've been really frustrated because I'm doing this show in San Francisco next week. They called me and asked me to do... I got to back up for a second. I got a phone call at like 3 a.m. This was not this past summer, but 2018. Uh, <laughs> in like June or something, being like, hey, do you want to do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? And it, it oh, sounded wait. like a great idea. And then I woke up and I'm like, what have I done? Because I, first of all, putting together an hour show and... Did they want you to do a one, like a one-woman show or was it supposed to be well, straight that, stand-up? You know, an Edinburgh show. Um, I wound up having a friend do some time up front just because, like, I, look, in England, I'm under a microscope because my dad over there, like, here people know him, like, especially in the comedy world, but he's not a superstar. He's, yeah, but over there. But over there, he's a, he's God. a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody. And his favorite pastime is antagonizing the British press on Twitter. Yes, which who I... Who are the same people who are coming to review me. So, uh, like, it's... <laughs> like, I, I basically point. set yeah. myself up. And then... Yeah. So, it was his uh, tour manager at the time, who I'm very close with, and he knows my stand-up. I was clearly a plan B filling in for some. I'm fine with that. I I still do that all the time. Like, that's the level I'm at, you know? But then he's like, oh, yeah, and it's a 250-seat theater. I don't know if you've been to Edinburgh. There's a lot of shows going on at that festival, 2,400 a day that year. Yeah. Wait, 2,400? It's gotten out of hand. It's too big. Wait, but wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? 2,400 shows a day. I mean... How do they... What do they... What? <laughs> I know. That, that's not and even. It's kind of on you to make sure that people. It, there are hundreds of thousands of people. Like, it's absurd. I the venues. Like, if there's a coffee shop and they have a bathroom, the bathroom. They'll put a, a show in there. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the shows are not maybe as competitive per se. Like no, we know because we've well, we've seen some people that we know. Yeah, we, like, I, hey, I hear a lot of. Oh, yeah. I hear a lot oh, of. Yeah, like, yeah. I was some on of tour them in be Scotland. Called, like open micer does an hour for the first time. Uh, that's <laughs> that's what we see. I see a lot of that. I see a but lot. But I of would that. rather undersell myself. So like sure. and over before, especially there because like they are looking to just like. I mean, they almost got me disowned the first year I did it. Anyway, so I decided, and 
I think you probably know me well enough to know that I, like, I, well, clearly I'm failing at nepotism. Like, <laughs> I would have a much better career Congrats. if I'd, I've vied away from using my last name and, like, you know, it, it makes me uncomfortable, to be honest, to, like, say on stage, like, oh, my dad's so-and-so. Because sure. I feel like a dick. And especially in this country, like, they may, may not know who he is. So then they're like, oh, her, she thinks her dad's famous. And right. Like, right. Like, there's a very weird, and it it's brings a fine line. judgment. It's, it's also like weird, but not because of you. It's also weird because people, they, they want to know that, and then simultaneously you share it, and then the other half is like, oh, all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, the yeah, but, you know what I mean? Like, they want to yeah, know both. Yeah. It's like you're stuck. Yeah. You're like, who, which, which person am I getting? Yeah. Right. You know? The judgment, and I mean, uh, I used to get kind of hazed at one of the clubs and they would always introduce me without my name just like uh, in, in, in here John Cleese's daughter you know and like ah. the the difference in the energy when I walk up there and like I learned very quickly to deal with, I'd be like all right get your expectations down again yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. just stuff like that but like there's look and for good reason because some celebrity kids suck but like there's a definite kind of stigma or judgment I think that comes along with it but I think what people don't understand too part of the reason I started doing stand-up is because you really can't make it just having a famous parent and doing stand-up like for five minutes and then you have to have material you have to have something to back it up you have to fall back on what you can do because it's so much work to get good at it nobody's an overnight success it's not like my dad gave me a movie that to star in or something when did you decide Uh, you're like screw it I'm gonna start doing this um, actually, I think it was, I, so I was in a sketch group with Sarah Tiana. Oh, uh, was that the, um. At SJS, the oh. Straight Jackets. Oh, you were in Straight, okay. Yeah. I did Straight Jacket for, uh, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't there too long, but I, I went to one of Sarah's shows and she was super funny. Yeah. And, like, she's great, if you don't know her yeah, audience. Yeah, Sarah Check her out. Funny. She's very funny. About to have a baby. Great writer. Oh, is she? Yeah. About she's to have great, a baby. Yeah. Um, I'm stoked for her. Yeah. She's and she's always been super, super, super cool. Yeah. And, like, very dark. And very, yes. like, especially, I feel like she maybe hasn't been as much lately. But, like, the first set I saw her do, I was crying laughing. She, like, she said stuff that... I was. It also is like six or seven years ago now. But so yeah, a different a different time. time. But she always <laughs> but like sh- she'll go there. Like she's fearless. And I, it was the first time that I kind of realized I could do it because I hadn't seen many female comics, and the ones that I had are, were kind of like caricatures, like not talking about what you would have talked about, right? Yeah, a- and just like yeah, they they were very like. I don't know, Sarah was like a friend of mine and someone that was like young and pretty and cute and I mean, not that that mattered. No, that, but that's, that's, actually a that's allowed her to go darker in the, in the early it. days, Yeah, I believe, because she comes up a very Southern, very she proper, very cute. She the Southern belt And she thing. does that whole yeah. thing and then she mm-hmm. weaves into what she wants to talk about and you're already on board yeah. by the time she gets into it. So you're like, she oh my God, this so is fucked. <laughs> like, then she says stuff that you're like, yeah. oh my God. But it's always funny. I and then once it. you once you know that about her, it's even funnier. You yeah. Know? I don't know. No, it's it's awesome. So that was sort of my inspiration. And then it took me like another good, 
maybe nine months to a year to get the courage up, I think. I started pretty late. In that, so what were it, you doing previous to that, though? So you obviously were doing some form of entertainment. I was writing and okay. working for my dad. Uh, but not doing live? Doing what, were you doing live stage performance stuff previous yeah, like to stand-up? Well, sketch. Sketch, okay. And I'd done some shows with my dad. I'd studied acting forever, but I had a casting director at 18 tell me that I was too tall to act, so I didn't think that that was like a really viable thing. I was more just like... That's doing it to improve my writing. I wondered if my dad didn't pay her to say that, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But like, also from a teaching aspect, that is such a bullshit thing to tell anybody. Like, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too ugly, you're too... That's ho- all horseshit. If you are any kind of body type and you're like, oh, I don't think this is right for acting because a casting director, that casting director can fuck off because... They clearly don't know what they're talking about. Their yeah. first job is to continue to have people um, believe in their dreams so they can make more money off of them. And the first thing you're supposed to say is, I think what we need to do is get you new headshots. Right. right. Yes. That's First of all, yeah. I hate that. You don't need new headshots. And I need to use my best God. friend Eric over here who really needs cash. So if we wouldn't... Right. Now, most, mo- most cash oh, directors... Oh, I forgot I'm not... to submit you for a year. Go get new headshots. Because <laughs> like, it wasn't my fault you didn't get called Exa- in. D- yeah. that, that kind of, that's, that's happened to me. Like, I don't care so for that. I, and I think that was wrong to tell you. And I'm not saying... You would have gone on to become an Oscar-winning actress or anything, but like never been my goal. But but right, but so that wasn't your yeah. goal. But also to not be just to not be told you can't do it because you're this yeah. is such a fucking. I really dislike that. And I I do too, and I still remember her, and I kind of hope eventually, like I am successful and I get to cross yeah. half. But you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, um, but but but. But yes, you, I, I want that too now. I want like you or whoever else she's told they're to this or to that to go star in some movie and have everyone go, oh, wow, even though she's super tall, yeah. she did this thing. And then the casting director sitting at home crying somewhere going, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Right. I mean, strangely too, and I, I wondered if this didn't factor into it. I think she used to know my mom who um, was a, a very big model and uh, did a little bit of acting, but I... I when I look back instinctively, I think that they did not like each other or like there was some Com- competition. Th- maybe This particular woman is not the she doesn't seem like a very happy woman to begin with. She's also like four foot eleven. So I don't know if that factors in. The, I, these are all now now like, more pieces of the puzzle are coming into play. Like 17 or 18. It hurt a little. Um, sure. And but that might have been her I goal. Also, I mean, back then I was modeling and stuff, which I never really, like, that was never my passion, and I actually wasn't that good at it. What were you like, doing, like, print work? Like, just, what print, was Print, runway, I mean, then I broke my hip, and I couldn't. Riding? I had a limp. Oh. <laughs> a runway model with a limp? I don't yeah. know. Now and that would play. my feet are too big for the sample sizes by half a size. Like, wow. so. I, you know, when you're in six inch stilettos, you already have a limp and then the shoes are too small. It's like, look, it looks like a, like a gimpy giraffe. So, <sighs> so um, that just wasn't, you were never really that into that or. Well, I didn't love runway anyway. Cause it's like, uh, you know, I, I got very lucky early on. I got some big print stuff and then, and I hadn't really like pursued it. I don't think I'd even done test shoots and stuff like they were just booking me and then. It sort of dried up, and you know that's not great for your head when you're like eighteen sure. years you old. Know, why too. can't? Why doesn't no one want to shoot yeah. with me now? I'm fine. Um, what am I hideous? I, I'm like, oh, I must be too fat. Um, oh God. You know, and I was. Were you with your mom? Lighter at, than I am now. Were Sorry. you with your mom at that time? 
Because you said your mom was a, was a mom. I'm assuming that's yeah, a good person to kind of, or did she, she not? She didn't really want me to go into it. <laughs> okay. Um, my dad didn't really care. He was sort of like, yeah, you can, but um, you're not going to do that. Like, I was supposed to be an academic, according to him. Like, He wanted you to go to school. It, yeah, well, that's his, what he really wanted to do, I think. Like, he secretly wishes that he was in sort of some sort of PhDs. And, <laughs> and he's actually been awarded, this is really annoying, like three honorary doctorates. doctorates. <laughs> so he calls he himself Dr. 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 Cleese. Yeah, that's just to be annoying. It's beautiful what fame can get you. Uh, yeah. It really yeah. is, isn't it? That's literally Did what you it end is up going though. to college or no? Fame can get you beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um I did occasionally. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So you when dabbled you, when you felt like. Well, it? I, w- I left uh, originally to to look after my mom the first time she got sick, and then it just sort of was. Li- I tried to go back, and one thing led to another. Like, were I, you going to school in London, or were you? No. Well, <laughs> I graduated high school at sixteen, so I took uh, my dad allowed a couple of years for me to ride comp- like full time. Okay, gotcha. And then I was sort of like, well, he. That was my plan. I was just going to be a pro forever. Like, that was... Sure. And then he was like, oh, yeah, wasn't kidding about university. At which point, the universities I was supposed to go to had been like, no, you can't defer for four years. Uh, so I I went to UC Santa Barbara, which is oh. an even better place to go if you're only going to go once in a while. Did your mom live out here? Because there's like 60,000 people and no one notices. Yeah. Was your mom <laughs> in Cal- living in California? She was... Uh, Based in Chicago, oh, okay. and we're th- at that point outside of Chicago, and then Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So the first time she was sick, uh, she had breast cancer. So she was kind of going between like, do I get treated in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or in downtown Chicago? And I was like, well, go to Jackson because then I'll go. It's work. just uh, I got a job teaching skiing and and then looked after her and uh, it's also which was also kind of awesome like for just, just to the go be a ski bum for a year. Jackson Hole is beautiful. I'm sorry <laughs> oh, about your mom amazing. being sick, it's but, but yeah, but she the, be- like the better air. There's better air. She's not going it's to downtown. If the, if the doctors are just as good, then yeah. you're much better in Jackson Hole. In my yeah, unfortunately, though, when they like so, of course, they don't tell you that the breast cancer treatment can cause leukemia, which is uh, a lot more serious in some ways. I mean, it depends when you catch it and all that. But the kind of leukemia that she got was like, it's typically only found in kids. But for someone who's 65 at the time, like it, it's a lot. It's yeah. bad. Bad news bears. Very fast acting and aggressive. And then it was like, you know, if you don't start chemo now, you have three weeks of that. That was like six or seven years later. Um, and at that point, she had to get treated in Chicago because they, they weren't equipped. Uh, the <laughs> hospital there's tiny little. So I went back there. I thought it was for three weeks and it was a year and a half. You were in Chicago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which... I will say, I mean, God, you can't really say a silver lining because I would way rather have my mom back. But like, I just started doing stand up. And had I still been in L.A., I don't think I would have kept going because it's so hard here. (coughs) It's just more saturated and it's not as so oversaturated. It has gotten I'll say about L.A. what I've noticed or seemingly noticed just sort of being a little bit removed from it now. But like 
it seems to be a more supportive scene than it was when I was starting yeah, out. Yeah, it's Chicago right. was always very se- always seemed awesome. supportive. Midwest people, it was there wasn't that many of them in the beginning. You know what I mean? There's a only real a few of them. Like camaraderie. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I still feel that with the Chicago comics that I befriended while I was out there that have since moved here and mm-hmm. like, and I mean there was as much stage time as I wanted. Like yeah. even as a new comic. Um, I, and I learned so much, you know. It helps. Look, it, it doesn't matter who you are. The more you can get on stage yeah. in the beginning, the better, the quicker you're going to get better. Well, there's way more comedy clubs there, too. For more way rooms. less comics. Like, yeah. exponentially. You can do multiple sets yeah. in Chicago in a night similar I could do to New York. in a night. Yeah. Sometimes, like <clears throat> if well, you know, if it was two shows here and two sure, shows. Sure, yeah, yeah. Walk around the, the corner for a middle like show and back come back and for a late show and, and yeah. did you do it under the radar, meaning you didn't talk about your dad or any of that kind of stuff? I'm just curious how people the you know, because comedy early on can be extremely competitive too and petty. Yeah. And I'm just curious as how that all played for you. I I I don't like bringing it up unless like it's hard because I I am close with him and I do work with him so some, sometimes it would sort of like come up in conversation like yeah. and you're not embarrassed by him or anything no, no, it's no, not I'm like just, that like, yeah I'm proud of him but I also don't want to be that person because who's riding like, on that so when you're in Chicago assume you're getting favoritism right. which actually in stand up I think can almost be the opposite it works against you yeah you, oh uh, this bitch thinks she's so great exactly. because John Cleese is her fucking dad and, and, and my face looks like this so I don't <laughs> look like I'm gonna be nice by any means like I just <laughs> she's got bitch face no, I have so like cunt face I'm totally <laughs> sorry I'm British so I still I that, that's that you can legally say it you, you can, can legally say it you can say whatever you want you can say whatever um, you want British and female you're totally legal for you to say it. Yeah, yeah us on the other hand we're out well we can't say yeah. understandable <laughs> and understandably so over. so when you're in Chicago I'm assuming so you're <clears> just treating it like anything else you're just going in and saying I just want to do stand up but like well, legacy has nothing to do with it. I was just curious if anybody knew that in advance and how they would play that either no, for I you mean, or against some people in a small community of comedians, they're going to figure it out quick. Yeah. You know, that's just yeah. inevitable. But they were cool with it. And also, you use your last I name. I don't... You never... Nobody ever I really... I think people's experience of me, I hope that this is true, except that I can be really shy, weirdly, like if I don't know someone. The sure. second I know someone, I'm like, ah, but... Uh, like, that can sometimes come across wrong, but like... Yeah. I'm very aware. It does not make me special. It doesn't make me better. Like, if anything, I've always grown up feeling like I didn't deserve what I had, and it w- kind of made me uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm well aware that I didn't earn it, that I didn't, like, you know, it's all my dad. Um, so why are you so adjusted? What happened? But <laughs> well, well, I mean, there there were definitely some interesting sure, uh, you periods went through, in my but life. But that's like, because you were a teenager, or you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, you you just it, it's it's a different set of experiences than probably your average U.S. teen might have had. But like, even people who come from where, like, even where you go. They still, they still got to go up, grow up, and be go through those awkward fucking years, and everybody oh, yeah. has them, you know. Well, and, and I had, look, you know, everyone is dealt a hand of cards, and everyone has hardships for sure. But like, I, the toss up for like having grown up with money, like I, I didn't really see my parents ever, right? Um, which. At the time, it was kind of awesome, like unsupervised. <laughs> no one, no one giving you rules. Years old, so you yeah. weren't sure. nannied, or you were kind of a lot of time was alone uh, time. Um. Well, my mom had some issues, and I think 
especially once we moved to the U.S. Like she, she was basically we moved because she was going to get remarried, and then like on the airplane, basically the guy left her. So that's, you know, she she wasn't in the best wow. state of mind by the time Jesus. We, we got there. And um, and look, and I I struggled with this too. I've been sober since I was uh, twenty three, but like. I went hard. <laughs> like I, I definitely, I feel like I did it. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad I got it out of my system early, but that's in part, I think, due to not having supervision. But I think at a subconscious level, as a kid, you crave some kind of structure, discipline, or people like looking out for you. And um, my mom, uh, she struggled with bipolar too and, and some substance stuff. So like, you know, uh, and she was a wonderful woman. Like when she she did a lot of work on herself, and she got sober. And and when they diagnosed her with the bipolar, it was like a different story. You know, right. it wasn't the easiest, perhaps, to grow up with. Plus, I was like awkward as shit. Had a British accent. I was two years young for my grade. I was getting bullied, and like, you know, it. I think that's in part where I get my sense of humor. I mean, it, it's not laugh instead of cry kind yeah, of deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I get that. And I, we moved around so much that it's it's one way to make friends, you know. Yeah, it's being funny. Be funny. Make, make funny. Make fun of yourself. I was going to say, did you, and you used yourself oh, yeah. as the butt of the jokes a lot. Yeah, I well, was a class clown. You know. When did you lose the accent? <laughs> just yeah. because I was going to say, I, I I was under the impression you just never had one. Oh, no, I did. Okay. Oh, my gosh. You should. Does it I go, when you go, but when you go back there? The day, and it's like, <laughs> apparently I came home from school the first day. And I was like, mommy, there's not enough rules. <laughs> <laughs> not enough rules. That's, that's very British of you. That's when you go from like <laughs> a very strict all-girls school that's like the sister school to where the princes go in London. And then. You go to like an artsy fartsy co-ed Jewish school in Chicago. Where they're like, make your own grades. Like, <laughs> yeah, own grades. basically, I was. Today we're gonna make shock. grades in class. <laughs> oh, I'm getting well, an first A. We moved to Southern Illinois, which was like Ooh. just culture shock. Yes, where like uh, Peoria? Where were you? Sandwich? Not even that. Like right on the border of St. Louis. It was like forty-five minutes out of Springfield. I barely remember, but it's a tiny town called. Elkhart, Illinois. Elkhart. I know it's where not, Elkhart Village. But it's not Elkhart, Indiana. No, there's an okay. Elk. Yeah, there's an Elkhart. I'm from like I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, you. Yeah. So I. I knew that. Which one? Uh, well, town's called Warrenville. Okay. Uh, Naperville would be the closest I know big, yeah. big area that everyone knows. But yeah, um, what's that Elkhart's. club that's kind of near there? Well, they had a Zanies in St. Charles. Right. At Pheasant Run. Just closed. Oh, bummer. I love Zany. Yeah, they still, the one downtown, and they still have one at Rosemont. Yeah. Uh, I've never done the Rosemont one, but I recorded my last album at this downtown one. Yeah. Um, Oh, you did? I I love the downtown one. Comes out in May. But yeah, uh, that was my plug. I'm plugging myself on my podcast. Um, Such a fun room. Yeah, it really is. You feel like you're. You feel the culture or like the history of it. I feel like the first first time I was there was with uh, Dan Cummins. Uh, Uh I featured for him. And the first time on stage, I remember being up there and I was like, oh, this is like being in someone's slightly larger Illinois basement. Yeah, you're like you're like down in your friend's basement, like how I grew up fucking around in people's basements. Is like 
Was there a jukebox in it, there on stage? No, but, but that it, was. It the looked like it was the only thing missing from you know. All yeah, the pictures it was just like this weird narrow. There was a bar in the back. Like yeah. if you could you could make that look like a Midwest basement. Yeah, if it's in the same place, I, I've, I, I've performed there back. Like yeah, it's the same. Yeah. The downtown one is right. It's. I don't um, think they've changed much. They haven't. That, yeah. that, that, that's I would like, imagine. I mean, I've off, only done it six, seven years, but like it definitely. Yeah. First off, comedy club should never change. That's the whole thing. It should always feel a little bit. I don't want to say they run down, but it should feel. Yeah. But I also feel the same about like I don't attend very many strip clubs anymore. But like those could use a good cleaning. Yeah, like, I'm not questioning the cleanup part, but I, I like I like the look the of the yeah. Is, yeah, it feels more. It goes with what's going on on stage. Yep. Yeah, you know? it, like too you, slick is but, not good. But yeah, because comedy is not slick. It, no. it it shouldn't be. I guess I don't know. Maybe it can be. I, it can be whatever you want. I'm not trying to tell you what comedy. No, you are. <laughs> you are. Continue. <laughs> tell us. No, no but, but it's like a little dirty and dark. Like that's what the room should be. Yeah. But, but yeah. like still clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still like I don't good want luck germs. With that part though, unfortunately, like, where I wherever... still feel like I have to shower when oh, I get home God. from the comedy yeah. store. Wherever yeah. alcohol is served, it will never be fully clean. That's it. The floors you. Can't you're always sticky. Oh, if there's yeah. booze there, it will always be yep. dirty and Correct. smell weird when they're cleaning it during the Correct. day. Correct. Mm. Unfortunately, restaurants, booze on a floor is like cat pee in a house. It's never going away. Never, once it hits never the floor, going away. So. Cat pee in a house. Right. Uh, I had a question. My dad had sixteen cats. Sixteen cats? At one point, when I was growing up, so yeah. your dad was an old lady while you were growing up. Priorities are. So you know the smell of cat pee very well. I do. <laughs> Good, good. I mean, because no, Brian's going to mark some. He also had a maid, so there was that. That was a relief. So you um, know the scent of maid pee, <laughs> <laughs> and, the maid, and the maid pissed everywhere. What a pig! <laughs> also had a maid who oh, peed a lot. <laughs> Everybody who he hired just pissed all over the place. Oh it's like I can't get anybody who doesn't pee. Yeah. When you when you were first starting to take the stage, when you're first doing stand up, like I. You grew up with your dad, and you're around. You see Monty Python, and you see that brand of humor. But what, like, who were the stand-ups that you saw that were you were like, "Ooh, I like that," or or was it your dad's humor that sort of helped you think that you could get on stage? Like, what was influencing you to get up there and just? Well, Sarah was a big part of my inspiration. That's then, awesome. But my dad's sense of humor at that point I had already worked with and for him for you know written with him a ton so you knew how to structure a joke how yeah. to write and you thank kinda... god i mean that was like really priceless where i struggled and i still feel like is probably my my weaker point is like the performance aspect of it because i um i always struggled with like i'm very hard on myself so like sure. my nerves confidence stuff like yeah I, i'm such a perfectionist that if you know, I'll have a great set, and I'm like, yeah, I crushed. And 30 seconds later, I'm I'm like picking on. Yeah. Oh wait, I didn't say this, or I said that wrong, or. And got my dad in, is you know. pretty similar, or at least he he used to be. Um, I think more so, but like, it can be to my own detriment because you know, confidence on stage is so important. I think like there's comics who have mediocre material, but they sell it so hard that the audience gets on board. Maybe the audience isn't smart. I don't know. But it <laughs> Column A, column B. <laughs> like little combination. Sometimes I watch people and I'm like, that wasn't even a joke. It yeah. was just a very loud, like, jumping around observation that everyone laugh. thought. But yeah. it got a big laugh. And it's like, wow. Like, I, I wish that I was able to let go a little bit more. Um, 
and I'm starting to like. I, I thank God. I mean, I've done it long enough. But like, no, but look, it's it's not. I'm a, it's I'm a writer at heart, and I I also can fall into the trap of I think sounding too like scripted because my, my dad is like economy of words, economy of words, which is a great thing to learn, especially as a new comic. Like that's a big downfall for a lot of new comics. I think is like they don't. They just over explain. Yeah, when you say economy of words, make don't you don't have to say a lot, but make what you say count. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the setup you want it, you want to give them just enough information so that the punchline lands, but it you don't want to give them too much. There's a fine balance. Like I have a very mathematical mind. Weirdly, like math was my strong suit in school. Weirdly. and like to me, it, it's a very mathematical, logical thing. Like it's so you break it down that way. Yeah, I mean, I I try not to always. When I first started, I was very much like set up punch. That's it. But uh, and I've you know as I've evolved as a comedian, it's not all like there's so many different ways to make people laugh. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like sometimes I don't even know why they're laughing. And then that usually throws me off because you, you know you when <laughs> you get a laugh after a setup and you're like what. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah sometimes not? people, it, it, that is a weird thing. That's You, you kind of check it off and realize that's not the norm. Yeah. But it, it is very disarming or so, Or sometimes there's something you're doing, whatever it is within that setup. Because I've noticed this, like, I'll, just within a setup of a joke, I'll get <clears throat> a laugh at a certain part almost every time. <clears throat> so it's become, like, part of the joke. But in my head, I'm like, why are they laughing here? And it like, can throw you. But, like. but, but <laughs> once, you, once it happens a couple of times, you, I start expecting it at that point yeah. as a way to be like, Okay, th- they think this part of the setup is funny. Sometimes right. I call them out and be like, hey, dickheads, that's the setup, not the punchline. Yeah. Right, great. Start Which a fight with a good call. No, no, but as a joking way, because it'll yeah. be something like, like, oh, I, I, you know, I'll, I've never been invited to an orgy, and everyone laughs. I go, hey, dickheads, that's the setup. Uh, yeah. like, you don't you know, know why? But that is funny. They're laughing? No, I get it. Yes, that's part. <clears throat> I, no, I understand why they're laughing at that. Because you're wearing those jeans that I told you never I wear? I wear kick jeans. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm wearing kick jeans, no shirt, mesh you top. You would think that that would make people invite you to... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that this guy would be good at an orgy. He looks yeah. flexible. Yeah. Look at those legs. He's not going to rip his jean jeans. legs. <laughs> Ripping jeans at an orgy is always this guy, a problem. Hey, this guy's going to be a bouncer at our orgy. I with mean, those I kicking jeans on. It, I wonder if that bouncer. has anything to do with the oversaturation of laugh tracks now. Because like, have you noticed now... That they just put a laugh anytime there's a pause, and you're just like, <laughs> it makes me insane. I can't watch multicam because it's like Chinese water torture. Yeah. <laughs> have you like, have you watched some of these? Like uh, they've they've done this with the the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, on they've YouTube. They've taken the laugh track off the show. Uh, they've taken it. They've edited it out, and then it's just the dialogue and the actors, and then the and, pauses that they get and the, the laughs at. And the reaction shots of them and mugging, it like is. Fucking! That is truly That's funnier, to funnier me. than anything that show well, has ever well, done. Well, right. I mean, and it, it, not not to shit on anyone else's creativity, but that just goes to show you that when we watch television, we were trained. We were trained. Yep. Yeah. We were literally that laugh tracks were training people. This is where the joke is. You will find this funny. This is how it goes. And you go. And when you first start watching that stuff, you go, "Okay, yeah, right. It's funny. I ha- I'm supposed to laugh with everybody else right here." Did- I and that's why it's weird when they take it off because you reset your brain resets and goes, oh, that actually wasn't. Did you did funny. you you watch Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, all that shit, right? But they always said Happy Days was filmed in front of a live studio audience once. Well, right, but but <laughs> to get but the like, laugh track. but yeah. like, but the but then the laughter's there. But then you you know you sort of start noticing shows that don't have a live studio audience, and the laughter is placed, and you are it is like. 
Like, whoever, whoever thought of that was kind of genius. Like, they were like, just put laughter here. And the editor's like, what, why? Because then they'll know when to laugh. Like, yeah. Oh, wow, it's what a amazing, good idea. It's though, that like, people, like, fall into that. It's crazy. It, it's but as a comic, I think we generally inherently, like, rebel against the norm. So, like, if everyone else laughs, I'm probably not laughing. But, like, I'll find something funny and, like, right. just a nuance, like, one word can shut sure. me off. Like it, it's that, because you're kind of looking for that yeah. something, yeah. And it's not the overall. I love the subtlety and humor, and I, I think that's a little bit lost right now in our. I yeah, I agree. One the thing, zeitgeist. I don't know. A long time ago, when I first moved out here, um, and I often wonder about just I I get it. They always try to pin people for these live studio audiences, and I remember. Um, uh, the first time I ever went, I think it was for, uh, Kyle Leander was on Mad TV at the time, and, and he's like, oh, you should come down. And I hated it. Yeah. I didn't like... Watching a taping? Because it's for, everything is, it's, There's I signs, couldn't handle it. There's applaud and yeah. laugh. And, and, yeah. and part yeah. of you's got to be like, I didn't like it because as a performer, I just didn't like it. Mm. I didn't like everything being meticulously placed. I understood it, yeah. but I didn't like it. But then the other part of me is like, gosh, every single one of these people, they're being... They're now shown the seat. I mean, they should have figured it out on their own, but what if they didn't? You know, they're from Iowa. They don't know. Yeah. They're assuming that, like, that joke was done once, TV captured magic, and they've moved on, and they're watching this thing realizing, nope, they're going to do that same fucking set. Yep, over and over. Four times. Yeah, Mad TV was not live. Mad TV was taped, recorded, multiple takes, multiple angles. Multiple takes, and and it's just, and then they just chose the best laugh. But for me, I was like, I'm out. I couldn't couldn't handle being around that. On the outside, I can understand being a performer, Mm. dealing with it. But even that has got to rub you after a while, you know? I I think, though, too, I mean, I notice I've never liked humor that was like, like shock value, you know, poop, gross out stuff, but right. also the really sexual stuff. Like, look, if it's funny enough to warrant go going there, go there. Like, and sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really funny, but ninety five percent of the time, it's gratuitous for like, because it does elicit shock value laughs, which I think again, it's like people getting on board because it's like I'm gonna laugh because my friends are laughing and I don't want to look weird. Right. But like it, I don't know. To me, as an audience member. It, it's not an enjoyable kind of laughter. It's not like when you just completely crack When up you're really laughing like at something. something. When strikes, you're really yeah. laughing at something. So like. I veered away from, you know, I think, too, I like to think, too, that eventually it will pay off because I know right now I think it's like the trend to be, I feel like maybe we're getting away from it a little bit, but especially with female comics are the dirtiest. It seems like kind of the default. So like, I don't do any sexual stuff, and uh, I mean, I'll reference sex, but I don't like. Sure, it's not like you do, you you know the word exists. You're not running from yeah. it, but like at the same time, that also like, uh, there's been complaints. I've heard complaints of people. Oh, I can't can't write a good joke now because the way society is set up. And I I disagree. I feel like. When you do Wait, what you're I didn't talking get the about, memo. is there a memo that talks to you about how society is set up? <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it. It's called the internet. I didn't get the rules. But like you, you watch. You can take. I don't know. I, I, I don't even know what I'm really trying to say. And then you interrupted me, and Sorry. I lost my train of thought. No, continue. But like, you're saying people don't want to go I, down I a certain path. Well, it's 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 it opens you up if you can write if you can write smarter and you can avoid just being blatant and just being like, and butt fuck. You know what I mean? Like if you can put something else in there, if you can just if you can. 
if you like, I you found mean, that like, I'm writing. Punctuated with like. I'm stuff? writing. I'm writing smarter now because of 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 how things are, and I'm okay with that. I'm not mad at it. I like it's a what, challenge. and yeah. it opens me up to be able to do uh, clean rooms. You know, uh, not necessarily corporate events, but like, yeah. but at least you, I can do an, an audience. If I see it's all seventy-year-old people, I could have a good show with those people and not be like, oh man, they're not gonna really like my butt fucking cocaine material. Like, nah, right. probably not. Like, but it alienates you if you can only work. I, I mean, I don't know very many comics that can work like squeaky clean. Squeaky clean, but that squeaky clean is super. Super hard because super hard. they're taking. I tried to submit a clean set, and the guy was like, "Oh, you mentioned going to the bathroom." Literally said it went to the bathroom, and he was like, "Yeah, can't do that." Wow. I'm like, "Okay, well now you're just taking." Like, I still want to be able to talk to the audience like they're adults. I'm not gonna be like potty toity pee pee time. Like, oh, I'm still gonna. I know. Yeah. They, like, I speak the way I speak to my mom is the way I should be able to speak to other adults. And when I'm talking, you can't. You mom, just won't get that from that person. You have to accept that. That's right. That's the way I look at it. It's like you you have to be you, right? You have to don't don't. I, I will tell you guys. For me, I grew up watching a lot of stand up on TV, so I was enamored with it. So I was desired to do it. But the first comedian that I saw live in person, what I got away from it was not necessarily the material. What I was fascinated with, because it was the first time I'd ever seen this, was Dave Attell. And He's he, one of my all-time favorites, he, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was blown away by was the fact that that guy, it was like one of the watching the, one of the greatest boxers of all people could not breathe yeah. yeah they could not take a rat like there's you were talking about laughter there's ha 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 and then there's like it's, no. it catches you off guard it's a genuine oh my god laughter and they could not keep up he was so good that guy's an assassin dude he and annihilates that, audiences and he's so quick like yeah. yes i watched him with Je he jumped on stage a few years ago with jeff ross while jeff was working out roast jokes and then he brought up like an audience member to roast and i gotta say like Attell was running circles around everyone. Yeah, like he the, just the dude was, fires. And since like he quit drinking, it's even them, better. Them. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, his whole thing was like, I'm just kind of a degenerate booze bag. And then, and he was always, he always killed it on stage. He was always funny. And then when he quit drinking, it was like, he even in his like, you know, late 40s or whatever he did, whenever he did that, he like, it was an immediate like, holy shit, you're the best. I like, got so scared. The first time I worked with him at the Laugh Factory and I was only about like, maybe two or three years in and had, I think, a guest spot or I, I don't remember. But um, I, the audience, according to the audience, I did not have a great set. But I did. <laughs> and Dave was sitting there. I could see him. And I'm. it was the only time I get that nervous. Yeah. Otherwise, as if my dad's sitting right. there. You, you know? start and to sweat. Like, You're like, does David Tell think I'm funny? Oh, but my God. I went for it anyway. And I closed with what, like, I have, it's such a random, weird, but dark and kind of twisted joke. And it didn't really, it kind of did with like certain people, but you know, when they're like trying not to laugh because they're, they don't want everyone to think they're an asshole. <laughs> and, and I came off stage and, and Dave was like that, that closer was like a great joke. And I, I was, that is still the best day of my life. Yeah. Like, and yeah. he's genuine. He means he, it. He's dude, not just doing the thing. He doesn't, he doesn't no, have he to doesn't do that. But he like also, that. but he is also a guy <clears throat> who legitimately loves stand up comedy. Legitimately. Yeah. 
excuse me, to this day, will still sit in the back of a room and watch a whole <clears throat> show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I, did, I took my dad. <clears throat> I Sorry to No, 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 no. It's your show, not me. I, I'm um, just over here running them. You took your dad to see a tell? Well, I had a spot on on his show. Like, I think I was just doing a guest <clears> that we happened to be in San Diego, and I saw that he was at, I think it was American Comedy Club. And I don't even, yeah. at that point, the only time I'd seen him was when I did that other set. Um, but... I can't remember. I think I'd worked at ACC and I'd emailed them to see if I could do a sex so my dad could see because he like never. I think I'd, he'd seen me when I was like three months in at Flappers. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Right. Wow. Yeah. OK. Um, and so he came to see the show that I was on with Attell and he, he actually stayed and watched the whole set that Attell did, which for someone of his age, who's a who's comedian. He was dying laughing. He couldn't even hear half of it because he's so deaf. But like he, yeah. But what he did hear, he loved. Yeah, and like I was, he did doesn't like dirty stuff too normally. But like Dave just gets like when he does the way dirty he does stuff, it. He could do it so for your clever. grandma. Like, it wouldn't I matter. Never know where he's going with you can't it. Yeah, like, Dave. <laughs> oh, I fucking I yeah. love him. There's I mean, really there, the Dave best. Chappelle, Dave Attell. And he's so like, humble yeah. about it. Yeah, like, he's a regular. He he's such a regular act, nice guy. Like he, I think my dad compliment. He was like, "Oh no, no, no I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, just like." But I was gonna say, did you introduce the two of them afterwards? Yeah, yeah. we went and sat with them for a little bit. That's and, like, awesome. They mostly just chatted, like, because you know, Dave talks kind of quiet, and, like we're all smoking cigarettes in the back <laughs> of the green room, like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, um, though. But he was really... There's only, like, two comedians that I've worked with that he's just been really drawn to, I think. Well, he, not so much now. I took him to Comedy and Magic the last time he was here, and he loved that. Oh, that place um, is great. That place is epic. And, yeah. like, there, there's less of that, because you have to be able to work clean, clean and they sure. prefer you to be, like... Like, I'll be dark, but I, you know, I don't work dirty anyway. I, but I try to not swear too much. Sure. Like, it's it's a classier kind of establishment, I guess. But he, also the format is great because you get ten, ten headliners, basically. Real solid, like solid Doing headliners. their best. Yeah. Everyone brings it on those shows. You don't yeah. go You're there You're not going like there trying out. stuff yeah. out. That's not a place to do that, yeah. So he, it was funny, though, because I... After the show, I was like, so who was your favorite comic? And he's like, Alan Havy. And I was like, fuck you. Alan Havy. <laughs> I love Alan. Alan's Alan the is, best. He's great. But like, he's just like, he has that similar, he talked the entire set about why he doesn't have children and he hates children. So I was like, thanks, dad. Um, <laughs> but they're very similar. And like, they seem like such nice guys. And then they mumble something under their breath and like, Oh my God, you're a horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny. <laughs> you know, Alan is awesome. We remember that show he had back in the day where he he was one off. of the first guys that opened up the Comedy Channels on. Uh, yeah, he was the one of the main network. hosts. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, he had, but he had a, a, sh a talk show, Heavy After Dark, or something where it was like an audience of one, yeah. and it would be a contestant winner who would be in the only audience member would be one person. That sounds He'd awful. Come out and do a monologue, do everything, have I a guest, and, and always consult this one guest. Like, hi, are you, everything cool? All right, but like we. Used him. That was like in the in the mid '90s that happened, right? Like that show. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. And then by the time I'd worked, on, I was working on Punked like three or four seasons in. You worked on Punked. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. loved my friend Jesse. Like I used to be really close with the decade ago, Jesse Metcalf. Oh what yeah, you guys did. Yeah, we got Jesse. The funniest shit was like I, a cop thing. That no, was no, no, no. They may have punked him more than once. They loved punking him, but. 
he was in like a spandex onesie, like on a green screen. Oh, and they, that was the Jesse know, Metcalf. That was the the Spider Man. Yeah, and they, they told him he was auditioning to play a Spider Man villain, but like the direction they were giving, it was so epic. Like people like that one, but I will say, I he my was upset, my actually, issue, and he rightfully so. Yeah, I don't they know took Jesse it a Metcalf, far, but it was. It was funny. As but shit. from what I understand, it was it went something like, "Okay, we punked you, ha ha ha." Here's the paperwork to sign. As he's signing it, he was like, "Hey, you know this is what I do for a living, right? Like I prepared for this audition." Yeah, it and was I, kind of shitty like it, that. It, th- that I feel. But does that, that fall on you guys or the friends? Th- to me, it falls on the friends and us. It's it's a combo because. But somebody, if the friends tell you, we should have known. I feel. Personally, this is all just me. This isn't the show. I have, I'm not speaking for anybody at the show, but I felt that that was a very, that was a moment for me where I was like, yeah, we, you can't, it's not that funny to just, yes, we want to watch celebrities get fucked with, but in regular situations, I, I totally not know like, what you're saying. And I felt when I watched it by myself, I did laugh a lot because. You know I him. Know, I mean, I that's know him, but I also know he takes his craft pretty seriously, and he struggled to be taken seriously uh, because uh, yes. his first big role was shirtless gardener guy, yep. and so I think it it kind of for him in particular hit where it hurt. Like I, if it was look, a comic, it might have been a different. Well, comics are the worst marks. Comics are the worst really? marks. We we've had several comics that just didn't sign. Terrible. Yes. They just comics also don't trust anybody. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, man. Good I, for a very good reason. And also, like, if your comedy is looking like a lovable goofball, and all of a sudden somebody pisses you off, and you're like, "Hey, fuck off!" And no, you don't want to be on TV going, "Hey, fuck off!" Like, you know. You know, before John and I met each other, we met each other and didn't know it because John used to do Jamie Kennedy experiment, which was the same thing. Oh yeah, I was a P, I was a production assistant on Jamie Kennedy experiment, and, and they I, my friend tried pulling me in, and I and it and I I knew I could tell it was Jamie Kennedy, and it was like same thing an audition thing, and the whole time in there they were trying to keep me going along, and I'm not I don't trust anyone, so I'm like sitting there going. I know who you are, dude. He's like, no, you don't. I go, I know who you are, dude. And I give the whole time, and then out of nowhere, I could just hear his earbud go his off, going off. <coughs> yeah, this motherfucker over here, and I didn't even know him. No, I wasn't on the, I wasn't on the earbud. I was just a production. No, no, assistant. no. I was hiding under yeah, a table. You were hiding, walkie trying to destroy my life. That's how I saw it. They were destroying yeah. my life. I have always <laughs> thought that, like, especially commercial auditions, do you ever feel like you're on a hidden camera show? Oh yeah. Well, Anytime you, I have to take my shirt off, I'm like, oh, okay, this is being watched by other people who are mocking me. Like, I know. Yeah, like I, and I always get called in uh, for whatever reason. Like, I never get like, you know, late 20s, early 30s blonde girl. I get like burly mountain woman. And I'm like, look, I know I'm 6'1". I think but that's I'm just like, your height. I don't think yeah, they're... I, I kind of get that. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm 6'1", but I weigh 135 pounds. Like, I'm not exactly... Oh, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> like, but they... Um, I, I do wear a lot room. of flannel. Yeah, I do wear a lot of flannel, <coughs> but okay. I'm a comic. You know, that's like, look, yeah. it's like a uniform, you know? <laughs> That is correct. My homeless lesbian cheek <clears throat> is my style. Yeah, that's what. Uh, but that. But again, I think that's like because I go in for, I go in for stuff like biker because it'll be like or bouncer or whatever, and it's like it must be six five or taller. So I go in because I'm six five and I'm a burly guy compared to regular normal sized actors. But when I go but in for like burly? biker or fucking mountain man, these guys are like. Borderline seven foot tall. Yeah. They're the size of Jason Momoa and Shaq combined. And then I walk in like, I'm a biker? Like, no, <laughs> I look like a fucking poindexter. Yeah, it's like, I, when I look around the waiting room, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, 
always stay for those though. But Don't I, ever leave. No, I, I always do them because they make me laugh. Like I so this particular one I slated and then they're like, We're gonna ask you a couple questions, just yes or no, please, to the camera. And they're like, Do you feel comfortable giving someone a piggyback ride? Or do you have any injuries that would prevent you from doing so? I 100% do, and I'm like... You broke your neck no. once, so... Uh, so I I lie thinking, whatever, it's an audition, I'll deal with it if I book the job. And then they're like, okay, this is Mike, and I look over, and the guy's like 6'1", and like 180 to 200 pounds, I would imagine, very athletic. They're like, you're going to give him a piggyback ride from over here to over there? And I just started like to laugh. I was like... You're kidding, right? Like, and I tried to do it, but like I made three steps and fell flat on my face. And then because it was painful, or because like you, he weighed. I mean, I could barely get him off the ground. Yeah, like, he's as tall strong. as you. Like I don't. And then I had to wrestle him into submission. I mean, obviously he wasn't like really trying, but it was just I couldn't stop laughing. Like the whole thing was so ludicrous. What a and I weird. Knew yeah, it is it. ludicrous. The what? whole description that you <laughs> just <laughs> what like was it for? It was like Robitussin. Like what was it was the for <laughs> like a tr some travel company or like a you know? It was a print ad. Wrestle. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I don't know. And then I had to like teach him how to chop wood, which was really awkward because like you have to put your arms. It was, but that's how they are. Like you're like, is this a hidden camera show? It yeah. would make a great hidden camera show because like <laughs> well, they did that. Are desperate enough. But that's the. But therein lies the issue. Is like you're gen preying on people who are just desperate for work. Where remember when Prank Encounters on Netflix came out? It was that it's that kid from Unsaw uh, Stranger Things. I heard that that was even more fucked up. But though. it's not. Here's what here's what people don't understand is when they say they're going after people looking for work, they don't mean they're gonna fucking shit on these people. Uh, financially. They're like, basically, these are people who would do, they would go on Craigslist or they would go into a, a want ad and they would see uh, laborer needed for one day, da -da 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 -da, building a brick wall or filing something or whatever, and then they would answer that ad. Mm. So these are people whose friends are already like, hey, I got us a gig. We, we both need money. We can go to this place and work at this warehouse. For one day, it pays this much. And then they get that money at the end of it. Right. So, like, they're pranked. Yes, this whole thing that, goes off. That's not as at bad the as end. the article I read about. <clears throat> yeah, the article makes it like it they're we're taking people on unemployment it. and we're bringing them in for a yeah. prank show. And, and then we're dropping them. feces on them and then rolling them down a hill. It's like they're basically <clears throat> acting like they're doing what Hollywood does to us every day, which is like you book the job and then you never oh, hear from them. Sorry, yeah, you like didn't. A career move <clears throat> versus a, a for one a day job, job just yeah. for money. And yes, yeah, some people might be actors coming in there, but like for the most part, they get their money and they get a prank, which is usually not harmful and keeps them in a good mood for the most part. There's just hidden camera shows in general, like being, not being mean. It's like you, you, if, if you're bringing people in and you're pranking them and the prank isn't directly like you're stupid, you're dumb, you know what I mean? Like those aren't funny and neither is screwing people out of money. So like the people that are offered money when they come in for a job, get that money just so everyone's aware. That's yeah. my, that's my, uh, lesson of prank shows. <laughs> Well, again, as I said when we started that part of it, uh, you should have been their PR department. Because when they put that thing out, they did not. They thought no. everyone was just going to get it, and instead they just got roasted. But they, but they didn't, but it felt like they didn't do anything to defend the kid. Like, the kid is literally just a kid who was hired to be the face of a television show. Like, he's, a, he's part of it. Yeah, they probably are like, do you like pranks? He's like, yes, I like pranks. I'm 13. So <laughs> he comes into the thing, and he's in the control room. He's not writing the bits. He's not coming into a writer's room and going, we need to fuck with people. 
people harder. No, they're going, this is what we're doing to people. You're going to sit in the control room and talk to our actors and be in on this, and you're going to be doing... It's a show. It's a well-constructed show. It's a well-constructed show. And I know a lot of the guys that wrote on that show, and they're all good human beings. Like... You, guys like Dave Stores, like that dude. Those guys are. He is awesome. Like he's. These guys are talented. Like hidden camera, they're the best at it. Mm-hmm. And writing it and being in it is is a is a true talent for. And Dave it's Stores hard, is one of the best. Dude. I mean, to best. to not break and and. Oh God, you have to like be. You have to put your empathy away for a minute. You do. You like, have to be able to because that's my problem. It's a little like, ruthless. Halfway like, into something, I'm always like, man, if I was. A regular person, I would have either run or apologized <laughs> run. a thousand times by now. Yeah, right? but I'm just being this guy. If you were on the show and you ran, they'd be like, "John, we can't really use you anymore. You panic in these <laughs> Keep situations running. every time." You know what I always away. thought would have been such a great punk, though. Mm-hmm. Like you find someone who's like a big, like a pretty well-known action kind of star, um, and on a day when they're like doing a fight scene or something, and they tell him he's not doing the fight scene right, and they're like, we're going to bring in a stuntman. And it's a woman. <laughs> and they let this and woman do all the fighting? Well, they they won't let the actor do... Like, someone with a big ego, it would just be such a funny way it to... It would have just, to like, be, yeah. It would crush an actor <laughs> if, they, if you have a chick doing the fight scene for you. Have you ever seen Windy City Heat? Uh-uh. It's a hidden camera prank movie, essentially, on one guy. And they tell this guy that they're making a movie, and he's the star of it. And oh, my God. And eventually, there's this scene where a big stuntman picks this dude up and throws him in a trash can over and over. And the director keeps... The director's Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, so the, I love The director Bobcat. keeps meaning, you got do it again, do it again. And he's, and he's throwing this actor into the garbage can over and over. And the actor's like, don't I have a stuntman? And they're like, oh, you know what? Good point. You do have a stuntman. Bring in the stuntman. And they bring in the stuntman. And it's like this good-looking stuntman. And then they're like, okay, moving on. And they immediately move on to the sex scene. <laughs> and he's hilarious. like, he's like, the guy's like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, we're going to use your stuntman for the sex scene. He's like, no, no, no. I was just for the garbage. He's like, oh, could you please clear the set? And they're like, <laughs> and the stuntman gets in bed That's with the great. model. And like, just they just fuck with this guy over and over that and over. Awesome. It's actually very funny. They did it. It's a very well done movie. Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla were executive producers. Don Barris. When did it um, come out? Oh, about a decade ago. Yeah, oh. early early two thousands, I would say. Did that guy die? Scary Perry? Yeah. No, oh, okay. he's still alive. He follows me on Twitter. His oh, okay. name's Scary. Perry. His name's Perry uh, something, and he goes by Scary Perry online. Oh. He's still around. But yeah, they they uh, that this is a guy who would do anything to be famous, and then that is kind of wherein the the joke is. That doesn't really narrow it down anymore, but it, anymore, yeah, correct. anymore is the correct, key correct, word correct. in that statement. But oh, speaking of that kind of that, um, we talked about it briefly, but you talked about kids who grow up with you know famous parents or whatever, and like there's a some of them get into show business, some of them don't, but a lot of them will go just out of the things you mentioned, having money, boredom, not seeing your parents, yeah. no rules, will go into like some pretty dark places and, and a lot of them don't come back and some of them do, but have you, did you notice any of that? Were you surrounded by other kids who were like, my dad is, you know, fucking... So-and-so. Yeah, but Benny Hill, that was a bad example, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I know a few, like, I didn't grow up, you know, going to school in Hollywood, so I... Um, but I think they tend to go one of two ways. Like you, well, attitude wise, at least like you either feel the way that I do where you're kind of like, I don't 
what they did I deserve, do to deserve this, all this? And I'm yeah. a little uncomfortable with it. And like, I'm hyper aware of the fact that just because my dad is a famous comedian does not make me any different from anyone else. Like, it, I mean, it does, but it like, I don't think I'm better than anyone. I'm very humble. Like, I, I don't feel entitled to anything. Or yeah, you the go opposite of the that. polar opposite where it's like, well, my dad's so-and-so, so I'm entitled to everything, and you're a total dick. And I've met some of both. I haven't met many that are, like, in the middle, interestingly enough. Yeah, um, it's one or the other, like pretty much. Kaylee Chase. Do you know Kaylee? Mm, is that Chevy Chase's daughter? Yeah, and she's awesome. I would say she's more, like, me, like, we're kind of, you know, she's trying to do the energy. She actually works at the comedy store. Really? But she doesn't do stand-up. Oh, what does she um, do? I, mean, I think I, she does ticketing or something. But, I mean, what does she do when she's not working? Oh, she does, like, sketch, and oh. she's writing and stuff like that. But cool. I think also, though, like, our dads don't help, uh, like, right. I mean, don't get me wrong, in the sense that I was able to learn from him and work with him is invaluable, but they're not making demands. He's never made a phone to. call. Yeah, I've he's never, never been like, you got to put my daughter on stage because I'm back in John Cleese. Because of that. Yeah. Well, except in his tours, but that's really his benefit because yeah, because you're writing for him and well, you're helping and him. <laughs> like the one he does right now, they show Holy Grail, and then there's an hour and fifteen minute audience Q and A where the audience submits note cards, and then. The interviewer goes through the note cards, selects the best questions to ask him. So they had some bad interviewers, and then they're like, Camilla, you're going to interview Oh, so him. you're doing the interview. because well, I know what questions to ask. Yeah. And I know, like, when we get 45 that say, what's the air velocity of an unladen swallow or whatever, like, there's not a funny answer to that. We yeah. don't know, so I throw them away. Whereas, like, a regular interviewer is probably going to ask that question. So I it's bet like you yours were good, right? Like, so I've got a question here from a woman in the fourth row. Dad, when I was 18, um, <laughs> I do, you didn't come home for three days. Yeah. Well, he says, <laughs> I even say... Like, when I come on stage, I would introduce him, because they don't even say my name. They're like, please welcome the moderator for the evening. And I'm like, uh, hi, you know. I'm moderator. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm like, they they had some interviewers who were much too respectful and uh, reverential. So they thought, who better to interview her dad than his daughter? And I'm like, you know him from Pink Panther too. Please give it up <laughs> from John, for John, please. And it all we do is make fun of each other. But sure. like it, it I think makes it more fun for the audience. I he think so. You're giving them more insight. Me, like constantly. You're like, also. I told the tour manager, I'm like, make sure there's nothing hard on the table. Like it has to be. If it's a Kleenex box, it has to be like one of the cardboard, <laughs> like light ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no glass water bottles. No, because I've had entire bottles of water thrown like jugs of water thrown at me like every five minutes um, just because of your questions and him not wanting to answer them and what just i joking say around like because i'll i'll interject really rude you know yeah but he does way worse to me it's just that they're his fans so like yes. i i know that i'm taking a beating on sure stage, you're gonna play the straight like, man for most of it yeah <laughs> well but i'll say like it's funny he does like this one bit that drives me a little bit crazy because it's not even really funny. He'll be like, uh, any, and he'll manage to tangent to this by the way, like from questions that are so unrelated, he'll you wouldn't it, believe it. He'll make his way there. But it started when someone asked for like 
they they're like we're getting married soon what's your advice and he's like don't ever have children you know they're they cause all the misery they cost a fortune you worry yourself sick uh and then they turn out like they're their mothers um and i was like yeah but who are you gonna underpay to go on the road with you <gasps> and that'll get like a ooh. <laughs> and i'm like what i what? said is way what? funnier than what he just yeah. said you motherfuckers <laughs> and then, then sometimes i'll be like, oh and then he'll tag it by being like get cats they don't blame you for everything and i'm like i don't blame you for anything how could i you were never around um <laughs> like so stuff like that that it's you interesting know. you're seeing an audience actually chooses a side because oh, yeah, versus yeah, but like it you said, out. they're like, his fans. Like, yeah. I know I that. I know that I'm gonna get like, um, you know, I, I don't ever have children. I'm like, why did you marry one? Like, it's <laughs> uh, see, I would think I'm, that now. Yeah. Like, well, some people like some people laugh, but sure, like, they, yeah. but I if get they them, don't yeah. know me, like, I think that they think I'm just like the bratty fuck-up kid of a celebrity that is there. They don't know that I've written for him. Yeah. Like right. They, They're not the, really... You're also well, a performer. Well, my favorite, too, he'll be like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Do your little stand-up thingy. Like, <laughs> and just walk away? Yeah, he'll walk off stage. Do your little stand-up thingy. Like, it's... <laughs> I really don't have a choice. Well, yeah. Just so you know, that's how most America will, feels about stand-up. They're like, do your little thingy there. Do your little fun oh, no, stand-up thingy. You wanna hear, this is like a serious name-dropping story, but this was... Love it. <laughs> Already love it. So, uh, God, probably a year or two ago, my dad was in town, and uh, Eric Idol had arranged this dinner, um, and I wasn't really invited, but I, I just sort of like went... Um, it was at Steve Martin's house. With Jesus. Steve Martin, Martin Short, <laughs> Eugene Levy, Dick Van Dyke. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Your dad. Me. Your dad. My and dad. You. Eric me. Idle. Eric actually broke his ankle and couldn't, couldn't make go. it. So oh. that I got his seat. Thanks, Eric. Uh, but I was... I mean, it was an amazing, incredible experience just uh, to hear the stories and the, just like, to watch, just to be a fly on the I wall mean, in that room. Holy shit! Was yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it was epic. But my dad at one point said, "Oh yes, Camilla's a comedian. Camilla, do your stand-up thingy." No, I swear to fucking God. No, 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 like, no, no. Even at the like, at Steve and. And Martin are like, oh, don't make her do that. Like that's yeah. that. they don't want to see that. Nobody wants. They know. They don't want to see. Nobody wants to see no. that shit. And I was like dying on the inside, and he would not let it go. He's like, just do do the jokes about me and my marriages, and I was like, and I mean, fortunately, there the bit he was talking about is very tight, and it's well written enough where like. It, you can just say it quickly. I, I was like, look, this is what I say. I just this talk is the about yeah. like how, you know, I've always wanted to be just like my parents because they've been married for 42 years to seven different people. But like, you know, it's like yeah. very much one liners and yeah. it's very tight. Um, but still. And they they laugh. And I think genuinely, like I just kind of tried to make it as conversational. But it, I I wanted to fucking murder him. Like I was like, do you? And the fact that he doesn't understand that that's, that that's so yeah, cruel. I like, feel like he must understand it. He's kind of like, oh, you want to come to this? So uh, oh, maybe. Get it. I he guess. Does. He always. Because that's something like, a, that's a Midwest. Yeah, do your bits. Do your bits oh for your God. uncle. Dance ah. I thought you were going to be like, but dad, there's no stage and a light here. And Steve Martin just hits a button. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, no, there is. I mean, there is now. So, I mean, I mean, what? Are but we... I, but I mean, Steve Martin, Martin. I can almost guarantee, just from what he I've read about Steve Martin, for me more than yeah, anyone. Steve Martin, like, 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 again, don't he's make been there. It. He's yeah. been there. Don't make this there. happen. I couldn't believe that he kept pushing for it, and I, I finally like. Well, and at the end, I think the biggest laugh I got, I was like, "Dad, you're such a dick. Don't ever <laughs> make me do this again." Because um, they all got. Yeah. And my dad almost. It was like it didn't. It didn't register, but sometimes when he does his one man show, he'll be like, I'm doing my stand up. And I'm like, It is not stand up. It's a one man <laughs> show that is not stand up. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, That is the one thing that I have that is not. Yeah. That is not. You didn't get it from him. by your greatness, <laughs> you motherfucker. Do you think that's why you kind of chose stand up? Partially. I mean, to prove myself and like establish myself as a separate entity and, yeah. and credibility. Did it work? Yeah, I, I mean, still people look, still, I think, attribute most. If I have successes, it somehow gets attributed back to him. But but, but it I, does. The people th- whose opinions I care about more say, are yeah. the comics and the people in the industry. And I think that they see that there's there's no way that like I could have gotten to where I am, even though it's not like I'm blowing up. No, like, but, but but that's I've, the thing. You're I'm, working. I know that I'm a working comic, and I'm like funny i think (laughs) (laughs) that's the first that's the first step you have to think you're funny that's part of it um but you are on the road a lot huh yeah i mean some of it's with him sure which and i'm a feature i'm not a headliner i know that like i would rather undersell and overperform for sure Mm -hmm. do you do you ever work out like if you have to do a show with your dad or you're doing then then in that city do you ever call yeah so what what i do which the tour manager loves not um (laughs) Like, for the Holy Grail show, it's perfect because they show the movie first. So, like, the show starts at 8. I don't have to be there till The Holy Grail is almost exactly an hour and a half. So I show up one minute before I get on stage, (laughs) and I'm changing from my... Stand-up flannel. Homeless lesbian outfit, (laughs) like, into something more presentable. Grabbing this stack of note cards and literally, like, running and throwing the bad questions out as I'm... Going on stage, but that's also I've never not made it. By you're the well way, well oiled at that point. <laughs> yeah. You you've got this kind of thing down, and it prevents me from killing myself when I'm living on a bus with my dad. So. Oh, you guys bus it. Well, it's actually better. I mean, it's better than flying. Oh yeah. It's Aside quite, it's... from the fact that he's on the bus, but <laughs> but you only get your... I look. We're super close, but like he, it's his bus, and it's still your dad. Yeah, and like for him, it's great because he has the back third of the bus with his like own bathroom and a queen size bed, and then my room is actually room's a strong word. Yeah, it's a hallway, your hallway that I share it. with three grown men, um, and <laughs> because I'm a girl, well, and I have to look presentable on stage, and we're sometimes gone for three, four weeks, so like. I have more suitcases than anyone else. Yeah. And so one has to stay at the bottom of my bunk and my dog is in the bunk and it's like <laughs> I'm so yeah. I sleep like this. I actually sleep quite well. Those little bunks, I don't know if you've ever done it. I've 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 seen them. I've never actually climbed into one because I feel like like I've watched enough Laurel and Hardy and like Three Stooges and Marx Brothers to watch them go in and out of like small train rooms oh and like that kind of tour bus mentality. And I'm like, ah. changing is the worst because like I literally because it's all men on the oh, bus. Oh yeah, it's I like would say I shitting would like... be the worst. <laughs> well, we I just don't not on the bus. Must I mean, be nice to just be able to say nah. 
I'm good. I'm well, not going to take a shit on here. Most, <laughs> you know, if we're touring there are on bus the, rules, John. Oh no, believe me, I know you're not supposed to, to want to poop on the bus. So, uh, you know, especially because my dad will want snacks, or we got to go to get gas, and then a lot of times we load out after the show and drive through the night, and then whenever we get to the next city, sometimes it's only two hours. Meaning before the show, or no, to oh. the next city, and then oh. they, they get my dad a hotel. I'm still on the bus, but we can like we're at the venue, so we can go in the venue too. Nice. Um, but and it's it's honestly to not have to pack and unpack every night, it makes it worthwhile. To oh not yeah. See TSA every day. Oh yeah. I'll no, I'm 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 with day. you when you especially when you're doing something like you know let's say you're on the east coast of the United States, boom, 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 like six seven cities. It, you, yeah, why the go? east coast is great. It's when you start coming like. This way, yeah. west, uh, Oregon Once you sort of Seattle. go west of, like, Chicago, and then it's, like, every leg is 11 hours mm -hmm. plus. Um, but still, if you're driving through the night, you can sleep. You can get there in the yeah, morning. Yeah, it's always, like, a party in the front of the bus. Really? Which, well. No matter what, huh? Not, not always. I'm not a partier, but I the guys that we <laughs> tour with are, like, family at this point. Like, our, right. the bus driver and the tour manager. Obviously, you he know them party, all. But like we <laughs> the bus driver's <laughs> hammered. It's great. Oh, there he is. He's it's got his drinking hat on again. He is such a funny dude and so not, like, my dad is very left-wing, like, hates Trump. Oh, my, yeah. Half oh. my job is keeping him from going off on Trump. Because not a big fan of Boris, either. Back. Especially if you're in the red states where you're... Oh, we toured the South, and, like, the tour manager would be, like, see if you can make it to, like, f you know, 55 minutes tonight without him going off. <laughs> so, uh, and he manages, again, to tangent into it from nothing when he's in the mood. Um, that's the, so, but that's, so you have to handle that. Yeah, and I, I can do it fairly well. Like, the thing is, it's so crazy, because it's not even, like, well, I guess he does sometimes go, like, really bash him, but usually it's just, like, cleverly pointing things out. Yeah. Um, but some people, some people don't want to hear any of it. They don't want to hear that at all, yeah. Some don't even want to hear it. Like, so one question that, admittedly, um, we got, and then I would pretend I got it every night because it was such a good, it was such a funny question, was, like, and if you've seen The Holy Grail, it was, like, does Kellyanne Conway weigh more than a duck? <laughs> Which, it was the best saver line, because sometimes my dad will, like, go off on a tangent from a story he's telling and start talking about death and how there is no hope and everyone, like... <laughs> it look, gets weird. they been sitting there for two and a half hours. Yeah, they're like, like, uh, can you cheer it up a little? Look, as a stand-up, like, I'm used to my four to six laughs a minute, so I get uncomfortable when it's, like, that <laughs> it's quiet of people contemplating room. life. And I'm, like, squirming, just like, ah, oh, <clears throat> I can't, like... <clears throat> So yeah. I'll cut it, like, I'll be like, time for the next question. Okay. And that's, like, another thing a regular interviewer would, would not wouldn't do. do. They wouldn't cut off. They, they, they wouldn't cut him off. respect him, yeah. you know? Um, and that <laughs> you're get, like, I don't. But that'll get a huge laugh. But some of the real hardcore Trumpers, like... Has he walked anybody? Oh, every night. Every, every night. I fucking love it. I love that. The best was New Orleans, our last stop, um... And because I was flying out the next morning, they put me in his hotel. And we're at, like, the Ritz in fucking New Orleans. It's incredible. And there's all, like, I, I don't want to sound judgy, but, like, there's all these, like, huge, muscly, tatted-up dudes walking around. And I'm like, it's not really 
really like who you expect to see walking around the, the lobby of the Ritz and the spa and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, hey, is there an event or something going on? He's like, oh, yeah, WrestleMania is tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so right before we go on stage, uh, I knock on my dad's dressing room and I was like, hey, dad, good news. And he's like, "What? what's up? I'm like, well, we won't have any Trumpers in the crowd because they'll Wrestle- all be at WrestleMania tonight. <laughs> And he laughed, and I was like, don't you dare open with that joke. <laughs> what does he do? Like, he doesn't even say hello. Like, those <laughs> are the first <laughs> words out of his mouth. And I just watched as, like, 30 to 40 people simultaneously stood up and left. Like, it was just... That's... And he loves it. He doesn't give up. I think it's better for the anymore. show, quite frankly. Uh, Honestly. Kind of if is. that's your boundary, that that's going to set you off, that you then just get out. Get out now. Get out now. Get your money back. Go home. You're not going to appreciate when we start getting really dark. Why on earth would somebody... Buy a ticket to see him? To see John Cleese. If you've even looked at one of his tweets online, if you if you literally didn't know anything about my I don't think those people are looking at his Twitter. Account. But, but what the, 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 they just they've seen a movie? Yeah. yeah. They've they're coming to see him because yeah. one of two things. He's just famous and that's enough for them, or they love are Monty a fan Python. Of, yeah, a lot of times, look, it's not a huge production. It's it's sort of like a it's almost like a book tour or something. So we're not hitting necessarily the biggest cities too, where sure. you're like you know, in New York, we wouldn't do it in New Well, actually we did do Brooklyn. It is a funny show because it is almost a show at this point. Like yeah. I, if I'm honest, you know, the audience, we get the same questions every night, mm-hmm. um, aside from that gem of a life saving line. Right. And I know how to steer the. the you know, like, the beginning and middle of the end. You know where it's all going. Yeah. And I'm keep, I have a clock at the bottom. So I, you can, can tell. I know how long every joke yeah. or Let's story Let's move it. Let's. Like, <laughs> I can always like get the audience back when they start falling asleep, and because like, we'll just you know what's like you your said, favorite joke, Dad, and then we just start going back and forth one-liners, and it's it's fine. That's funny. Um, can you see people visibly falling asleep just because they're older and they're like? Oh God, I love when they do because like <laughs> my dad will fixate like he cannot, and as a comic, like there's always that one person in the audience. Uh, I was who's just gonna say, happy. like you, you could be you killing. Just can't win, and like all, no matter what you do, you try to think about other stuff. But like can't. your eye just keeps. Yep. If they're out. visible yep. too, if you can, like, I had a guy over the weekend, big, bald, just a big moonhead, literally, <laughs> right off center. He'd huge man, huge man, just a white bald head, staring. Not one smile the whole show. 55 minutes on stage, not one smile. Everyone else loving it. I am only focused on this fucking guy. At yeah. the end of the show, he walked by. He goes, hey, man, that was really fucking I was gonna funny. I say, some people, you turn out like, some people just what? don't know how yeah. to That express. was funny. You didn't laugh once. I hate when they're trying to stop themselves from laughing. I'm like, I, <laughs> like this is what I want. Don't take it away. Yeah, don't stop yourself from laughing. Please. Yeah. Louis uh, Anderson went, performed in the middle of Wisconsin somewhere. My parents were close enough, so... I had him go. My parents are like 89, 87 years old. And I had my sister take him there. And I asked my mom after the show, I'm like, how was the show? She's like, it was so good. I didn't go to the bathroom. Because at that point, that's, <laughs> that's, that's her age. Like, she's like, I held it. That was I her, held it. That was her like, scale. And my mom is at an age where she's like, I like or always have to go to the bathroom. So it's uh, happening. So that's how much I I always have to go to the bathroom. And yeah. I'm all, half my mom's age. <laughs> my dad like, and I, when you're... For my my birthday's always during Sundance, which kind of ruins it because all my friends are gone. Well, not anymore because I don't give a shit about my birthday. But <laughs> like, uh, 
about 10 years ago, we decided to drive to Sundance. We stopped in Vegas for a night. Yeah, it, it would be great if I had taken into consideration the fact that he's now older and like literally every 45 minutes we had to stop. And so I started playing this game where like I would walk in. He's the slowest walker in the world. So I would pull the car up and then I would get in the gas station, like the mini mart quicker than him. And I'd say to whoever was working, like, hey, will you do me a favor? When the guy with the mustache, tall, older guy walks in, will you just say to him, hey, aren't you that guy from Pink Panther 2? (laughs) Like the whole way to Sundance. Like there's 25 gas stations. Did people he was do it? so frustrated, but he was like, God, in these parts of the country <laughs> they are <laughs> you so you didn't Oh, he blamed Utah. I never told him. He until blamed like Utah. Ago. That is fucking funny. He's like, Wow, Utah, they don't know any better. These idiots. I would say Pink Panther 2 or Pluto Nash, which had uh two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. He uh, was in Pluto Nash. I didn't even see that movie. No, I think and I, lo- and I like Eddie Murphy. I think she just explained yeah. why. Yeah. Murphy. Yeah. Um, Did he ever shave his mustache when you were little? Ever? Well, or was he Fish always Wanda, had? He didn't have it. So you, uh, my dad had a uh, one of their Van Dyke goatee or whatever. And when we were really little, whenever he would do it, the dogs hated him, and and we would cry <laughs> for a little while because we didn't. It, pumps makes, out, it pumps it out the upper lip. Very weird, like. So he didn't have one in a fish called Wanda, but for some reason, especially as he's gotten older, like I hadn't seen him without one until 2011, just for laughs, at the Sydney Opera House. They He took me as a writer, and it was the first year they did it. I don't know, even know if they still do it, but um, they did... He was hosting the International Comedy Gala, like the big thing in the main room at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. And it's the lineup was... It was like all the best comics from the English speaking. Co- it was Will Anderson, um, Louis C.K., Margaret Cho, Dimitri Martin. It was. I love Dimitri Martin. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. his one liners. He's too, really funny. So fucking yeah. brilliant. He does this one. What was it? It's like, do you ever feel bad for like tree houses? It's like being like. Hey, we just killed your friend. Mind holding him up in the air <laughs> or something like that? Like, I totally butchered it, but you got the yeah, yeah, yeah. So Very clever. Dimitri Martin. Like, yeah, so yeah. His he's, delivery. He's, he was like a he's like a Mitch Hedberg with ever. with a drawing skills. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. That's a great description. Yeah. And then um, Dylan Moran, who I do you know Dylan? Uh, I know that Irish comic. He's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Anyway. I forget who else, but dad was doing interstitials and it was right when he was getting a divorce. So the first, like the opening Uh, thing was like all this, it was some of my favorite material that we ever did. It was like, (laughs) he talked about his alimony payments. Uh, It turned into a tour called the alimony tour, (laughs) but we did it very carefully. So she couldn't like sue him for defamation, but we calculated like how much money she made for every hour she spent with him. Oh, wow. And then it was like, so after a good night's sleep, you know, she woke up with 1200 pounds on the bedside table. <laughs> like she went to the bathroom. That's another hundred. Like, and then we calculated who he could have married. Uh, like he could have married Pamela Anderson three and a half times. For, that. <laughs> for the amount. Of the yeah. <laughs> and then all of the things that we could, you could potentially buy with that amount of money. And it was like two leopard something tanks would yeah. make you better equipped than the New Zealand army. Like it, <laughs> it was all catered to Australia, but there yeah. was some great 
great jokes in that. Nice. Um, I don't know if you know Matt Harowitz. He's a very funny Matt comedy Harowitz. writer, too. He was a writer on it. Uh, he's like, he and Dan Levy work together a lot. You know Dan? Uh, I know Dan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I worked funny. with They both were on Whitney and okay. like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. he was one of the writers. He's great. Super funny guy. Um, nice. Anyway, uh, and that was part of the... That was, like, when I really got the bug to do stand-up. And Dylan Moran was like, stop being a fucking pussy and just do it. And I, that That's kind of how you... What you need somebody to that say. It, you really do. And that's, like, when I kind of got... the. It still took me, like, a year. But whatever. Um, <laughs> was your first time on stage uh, performing? Was it... Uh, did you have the beginner's luck of, like, ooh, that, w- that went pretty well? Yeah, well, I think in part because some friends came. But... Mm. I knew how to write a joke. Like You'd already written so much at that point. And I already kind of had, like, <clears throat> that joke about my parents have been married 42 years to seven different... That's one of the first jokes I ever had because I'd thought about it. <laughs> I'd said it in conversation so many times. Like, that's a pretty good joke yeah. for someone doing their first stand-up Absolutely. Set. But my stage presence was so bad, and I was so nervous, and I probably looked like I was going to cry. Um, wait, there was a reason I was... Telling that whole opera house thing. Oh, is it because of the mustache? Oh, oh yes, yeah. Because I, I only bring that up because it mu- he's known for the mustache. Tangents. So yeah. yeah. So the the second segment interstitial between comics was like he was raising money for his divorce. <laughs> so there was a te- like a stage telethon, and we had audience plants, and uh, and they were great actors. Like it actually kind of seemed like they were legit. And this guy stands up, and he's like. Uh, or maybe it was someone who had called in and they're like, 10 pounds if you get rid of the mustache. And what they didn't realize, he'd already shaved it and he had a very real looking fake mustache. So he went like this. And then about three seconds later, he put it right back <laughs> on. <laughs> And wow. It was such a great gag, but like because I also love it because some people are probably like, wait a minute, he's been wearing a fake mustache uh, the whole time. Whole you know, life. someone thinks like no, his whole life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Like so it really, it was like a moment of silence because <laughs> it looked. It obviously looked real enough. <laughs> it looked rest really, in peace mustache. Yeah, it and then put the really years good. of his mustache. Because I'm trying to think. I think I saw maybe early Python. He didn't have a mustache. Some of that, but for well, the most for part, a fish called Wanda. He didn't, but there was and some, some pyth- of the Python stuff. Some of it, but like. Even like faulty towers. Well, you know why he has it. Like his upper lip, he, he doesn't have one. But like the the area, whatever this is called, like the is the thing thing. Yeah. Very long. Oh really? Oh, I'll show you a picture <laughs> from Sydney. Like because well, I truly believe. I, why do you I, have a beard? I truly believe that people grow facial hair. There's a reason why they do it. And yeah. like like you said, like he had a reason. Yeah, you know, I, I so for honestly, some people beards are sadness or they well, uh, the, everyone people always said that like well, if you're growing a beard, it means you're hiding something. Yeah, my fucking face. <laughs> what what is the like? Yeah. Well, in Wyoming, when I was teaching skiing, I wanted a beard because your face <laughs> Whoa, gets it's so fucking, fucking cold. cold. Yeah. I mean, that's why you got to wear. You could the, get uh, one of those knit beards, right? Yeah, yeah. basically. I, the hat with the fake I mean, beard. I mean, like Zach Galifianakis. I think face. I wanted one because my heroes had had them. Like when I was a, like younger, like I loved Jerry Garcia. I loved like. You know, there's oh, there's Bill Hicks early. I saw Bill Hicks with a beard, and I was like, oh, that's badass. Like, I well, just if there was the '70s, right? Anybody well, no, you saw I in the was '70s, 80s, well, you know yes. what I'm saying, but any you're you're talking about people, yeah. '70s beards. I, were. I was very much into that the '60s and '70s anyway, like hippies and Grateful Dead and on tour and old the the '70s baseball players, mustaches, beards, sideburns, all that shit. Like, I just liked all that, and I just 
My dad never had a beard. He might have had a little bit of a mustache for a while, but like I never saw him like that. We had a neighbor with a mustache, but like facial hair wasn't everywhere. Look, only and your dad being one of them, only certain people can carry a mustache through yeah. every decade. Yes, I mean for some people, like or look at what's his name, uh, Magnum PI. He got rid of his mustache when yep. he was done with that. Yeah, and he has a weird look, lip. Yeah, well, he brought it back for friends, Tom Selleck. He brought back his mustache. He did. Yeah, <laughs> good, uh, good his mustache. Do- his talk. daughter is one that I know. Oh. Very well, and we used to laugh that our dads had like the two famous, famous mustaches, mustaches from yeah. either sides of the pond. I mean, Tom Selleck is uh, he's got arguably, an impressive one. Yeah, yeah, it was the it was the most famous mustache in America for she rides horses. That's how. Oh really? Yeah, she's a very good ride. She still rides professionally. Oh actually. wow! Um, do you, you still ride at? horses? No, at all. Okay. Even even if you were like one of my you... horses is. Right. <laughs> oh, you have a horse. Well, no, like this is. Re- I'm looking for a stuffed very horse. Darkly funny. Yeah, John literally looked I'm around like, the corner. So he's like, my, "Holy my shit! There's been a horse in here the whole time." The one that I rescued from the racetrack, who I got when I think I was twelve, and he was six or seven, and he just died last year. But oh. Um, oh. I had him cremated because I was like, I, you, I didn't. I don't you don't have to know. justify it. Yeah. Well, but also, like, they go and become dog food otherwise. Right, 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 right. Cooking. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, but I wasn't home when they delivered him. And I, I don't know why, but I thought, like, they would just give you, like, a leg's worth of ashes. Oh, no, they give you all of it. Wait, which thing? How big is it? I can't move it because it's so heavy. Oh, wow. It's that big box right Oh, there. that brown, that... No, 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 to the right by the kitchen counter. Oh, yeah, that's oh, huge. Oh, on the floor? Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to go try and shove it. It also, I didn't realize, like, didn't this guy I was seeing, like, newly, <laughs> the first time he came over to my place, he was like, does that say pet cremation? <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does. Just to be clear, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I got a 2,000-pound or 1,800-pound horse's worth of ashes. Yeah, because that's and not when like, you hold the ashes of a person. Whole, yeah. So what are you going to do? Are you going <laughs> to maybe... It's maybe I, I mean, need a new boyfriend that's, like, super strong oh. for a day. Could you just Wait, lie? The, guy you're like, well, the, now the horse always back? wanted me to get I'm, rid of some I'm of it. not. Well, actually, I'm kind of seeing someone, and he probably could, but I'd be scared that he Brian and I can lift weird. that before we leave. Where yeah, will we, really we be like lifting it to? We're going to take it to your... Your kids are gonna. We're gonna fill a sandbox with it now. Don't you want to adopt a horse? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have. Um, and then my other, like my first Grand Prix horse, I have retired, but like it just is. He's at a farm up. He's studding he keeps it. Having to be evacuated. Yeah. Oh. It's like right in the fireland. Oh shit. Um, I mean, he's fine. Yeah. He's just. Like according to my bookkeeper, he's not fine. He's very expensive, but oh right, and he can't be ridden. He's a very expensive lawn ornament. He's just oh. hanging out at someone's ranch, living the life. That's my my question because, like, you know, sometimes you go places. Like, if you're doing, like, I've been to Hawaii, and they, my mom and I went horseback riding, and I was like, I didn't care for it. Like, I'm not. I wouldn't if I hadn't. Like, I love the competition and stuff. And maybe it's because I was always competing and, like, jumping. Like, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Like, the dressage stuff bores the, like... So you wouldn't just go ride a horse to ride a horse unless you could jump it? Not anymore, because it's also a little, like, too nostalgic or sentimental or whatever. Because I didn't really want to quit. And, it, it like, that was my entire life. And it was it's, like... When you're, you've been on a horse most of your life from, like, 4 in the morning till 7 at night, like... My feet wouldn't hit the ground for hours. Like, I would just 
get on one, get off, get on the next, like wow. all 25 horses a day or something like crazy. Wow. Um, and then suddenly you're like, oh, I'm taking 12 units at UC Santa Barbara. That was the other reason that I went <laughs> like, because you kind of lose your identity. Like my whole sense of self was so wrapped up in that. Yeah, that um, was everything morning, good night. Also, like. It just, yeah, too, way too much free time suddenly. <laughs> like, yeah, what does that equal? Yeah, comedy. Yes, eventually. stand up comedy. Eventually, eventually. after yes. you struggle yeah. through the free yes. time and trying to figure and out what to do with your free time, habit. yeah, yeah. you got to yeah. be a fuck up in order to be funny Co- at some point. Boredom right? and money will, uh, will oftentimes lead to cocaine. I. It's funny though. I never grew up like. I mean, I was very spoiled as far as the horses were concerned, but like, I never even had a credit card. Like, I was always. <laughs> It was kind of a running joke with my bosses because like, I only had cash, and I was I was really grateful to my parents when I tried to like then, you know, get an apartment on my own and like I I literally didn't have credit and I'm like <laughs> you guys could have like let me know that I should have gotten a card at least to well, establish myself. And I look, I get it. My dad works so hard that he has like a whole team of people that do everything for him, and he deserves that. But like, it means that he doesn't really know how to be like a normal human anymore. Right, with his money. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, <coughs> with most things. Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's a, I mean, good point because you're re- you become removed from regular society because, like you said, for your dad to go out for a hamburger in yeah. fucking London. It's not going to happen. No, it's not that's why I happen. couldn't believe he moved back there. Like, because in Santa Barbara, it was great. He just lived like a normal. Yeah. I I can't deal in London. Like, it's, it's too much. When, well, out of them. it's fine. Like, you know, where he lives, and he goes to his regular restaurants and stuff, and they always seat him sort of out of. But he, it's not like he's a subtle dude. I mean, <laughs> he's. Even just the way he walks, it's like draws he's, attention. But to he's him. but he's <laughs> arguably one of the most recognizable yeah. people from one of the most famous comedy groups of all time. Which right. is something I forgot to ask you about before. You talk about every once in a while he comes to see you. Have you ever noticed that shift the focus of the audience once they pick up that he's in the room? Yeah, I mean, if That's we have to sneak him in yeah. after the lights go down because otherwise I feel like they're all looking behind them. If you're t- especially if you start doing family jokes, and then they're like. Sometimes I'll forget he's there for a moment, and I start like going down the stepmom path, or and then I'm like, and he knows all the jokes, but like I'm, I know that I'm toying at that point, like I'm walking a very dangerous line. And I know that the other people are going to get uncomfortable if because he is there. Yeah. Um, but the worst part is I can pick his laugh out of a room <laughs> of 400 of people. Yeah. Like, I can... And so I'm just listening to see if he's laughing. And when you're not hearing it, yeah. it throws you off. But and when the, you do hear it, it probably throws you off. The best was that... The, I did one really dark joke and... Like only maybe him and one other person out of three hundred people, and he lost his shit laughing. And then the audience started to laugh because <laughs> he was laughing. Like then it was like, oh, it was you know. But he, yeah, because we're both twisted, horrible minds. And you get it from somewhere. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, he got it from somewhere. Well, also just like, yeah, I mean, it it comes from pain, as they say. But like. But yes, I think it's also there's a genetic thing. And that's always something I think is funny that people don't consider. Like, you know, he I do have his genes, so it is possible that that helps me comedically. Like I'm sure it's like somebody plays piano, you play piano. Like it doesn't. We think very similarly. Like when when we write together, he finishes my sentences and vice versa. 
and I don't claim to be like half of what he is, but there's technically some of the stuff can't yeah. have just been from nurture. Like some of it has half. to be like well, right. Because we think about <laughs> things the same way when it comes to politics or just our the, cognitive reasoning abilities are like very similar. I would say I agree that, mm-hmm. that some of that is genes, but I also think because like when you were younger, like like I, I remember just watching my dad tell a story to people who had heard the That's story already. So yeah. you see the way that this man is telling a story and you're like, <laughs> everyone here has already heard this story. Everyone around this table has heard the story and yet they're all still leaning forward and they're hanging on every word and they're laughing when they're supposed to laugh. because Not because they're polite, because the story was good and he could tell it well and they wanted to hear it again. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like I watched that growing up. I watched him being able Telling to Telling stories, learning, like watching him tell a delivery. story, I learned so much from yeah, that. Yeah, like, and... and because so how many people suck at telling stories? Oh my God, my brother. They sometimes give away will go the punchline, like you know, minute or they or ramble. Second twenty five. They take it fifteen minutes in, and you realize there's no fucking point. And you're like, thanks for wasting my time. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Most people. Yeah. Um, but he's one of the best storytellers, and you know his. I I know I have like this arsenal of his stories that are just incredible. Um. And you learn, yeah, setting up jokes, like all of that stuff. You don't even realize you're learning. Like before no. the whole master class thing, probably like six or longer, maybe seven or eight years ago, we were talking about doing that same kind of thing, like having him teach. Because ma- he's an incredible teacher, too. Like Interesting. I didn't know that. He does a lot of speeches and stuff for uh, on creativity. and Because he's not only very smart, but he's good at writing very concise, clear explanations of things and then making it funny, which keeps the audience engaged. So it's like a, a great Yeah. People learn better that way yeah. when they're enjoying what they're listening uh, to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's hilarious because like he'll do speeches for like tech companies. And this is a man who like when I when I've helped him write the speeches, he'll be like, what's a hard drive? You know, it's like <laughs> he's up there talking tech, like literally tech people laugh. My computer's broken. And I'm like, no, it just is it's out not, of battery. It's not so on. Like it's, <laughs> you know, I'll wake it up and he's got every application open, open. 400 <laughs> browser windows. And I'm like, yeah, that's your problem right there. Um, but anyway, we he he doesn't even know what he knows about comedy. Like, and I started to realize I didn't know how much that I knew inherently or from being around him that other people didn't get. And you learn it's that not, too. It's not given. Everyone doesn't just, no. isn't, uh, isn't just no. funny. People aren't just I, able I've to make jokes. I've a few jokes. classes now too. And that was a real eye opener. Like without him, um, cause you're like, wow. Yeah. Not everyone gets it. Well, it's like not everybody can sing. Yeah. You know, there are certain things your brain is just not going to let you do. Right. Some people can't sing in tune. Some people can't tell a story. Some people, no matter how hard they try, cannot be funny. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't teach them to on write. On purpose, anyway. Very yeah. funny on purpose. Right, right, right. Not, yeah, not Everybody can be funny Specifically on say something. And <laughs> oh, I, sometimes the least funny people are the funniest are the mo- by accident. Right, yeah. But they don't like even the know. Like the president. Um, yeah. But, like... <laughs> yeah, you can teach people the formula and maybe they'll write passable hack jokes, but like they're never going to be able to really do it. Yeah. 
Ironically, yeah. those people seem to often think that they're funny, but it's you, unfortunately there is a lot of that. There are the people that are genuinely funny who are like, oh, you know, ah, they're shy or they're uncomfortable, they're awkward, and then there are the people that are just super confident and laser focused, and they're like, this is what I want to do, and yet there's nothing. But if you're there. confident enough, sometimes you can sell the audience on it, like we were talking about before. Yeah, you got to have but something. You have to have at least. You can't just sell them on your confidence without any material at all. I you need know. to. I've, I've I seen know a, few a of couple. Those. I, but even <laughs> even those couple people that I that we're talking about probably have confidence, confidence, and at least a setup of some kind. Yeah, maybe someone wrote a setup for sure. them. Or maybe. no, I'm kidding. I um no, I, but again, at the same time though, and this is where I, it, for me comedically, I had to learn how to grow. I just kind of go, well, ain't my cup of tea. I guess if those people think it's funny, then I guess it's oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, and that's absolutely. That. I don't think it's funny, but I'm not going to judge for what I, I'm not going to tell you. It's subjective. Yeah, yeah. You everything. Can. Yes, it's like me telling you, oh, that steak is delicious, and you're going to love it no matter what. You're like, I don't like beef. So, and yeah. there's yeah. a lot of stupid people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm such yep. an asshole. No, no, no. Um, there's <laughs> that's very. My dad and I often talk about that because there's some interesting research that was done by a psychologist on named stupid people. What on, on stupid, stupid people? people? Kind of. Oh. Um, and there was actually a clip of my dad talking a little bit about this that went viral. Um, like, he basically researched uh, how good people were at something versus how good they thought they were at something. Mm. So he tested this big demographic uh, in four different areas. Funny enough, one of them was comedy or, like, humor. And then after they took the test, they had to, like... Uh, at guess what percentile they fell within in the population, like how they ranked. How, how the, among people who did this same thing, too. Yeah. Like if I was juggling. On the same test, yeah. right. And I, I'm not going to get the numbers right exactly because it was a while ago, but something like the bottom, or no, the, the top 10% all rated themselves like around the 60 to 70th percentile, and the bottom 30% all ranked themselves around this like 60 to 70th percentile. And it kind of makes sense because it's like, it, the way my dad put it in the viral thing, is like it's like being too stupid to know that you're stupid. And it creates confidence because you're, like I, I feel like stupid people don't sit around and question everything and be like, how could that have been better? They like, question nothing. Right. They're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> they literally accept what they're told on Fox News and they're like, dupe, that's right. But also to some degree, it's like, in order to know if you're any good at something, you have to be good at that thing in the first place. Like, when I first started stand-up, I just saw a clip from when I first started the other day, and I was, like, I, I was like watching from around the corner, like, just cringing. How long, how long ago? Like, six and okay. a half years? Like okay, seven so you're, years. you're still in the, in the world of stand-up. I'm relatively new. You're yeah. kind of a baby still, yeah, so... Um, but... Like, back then, I feel like I almost thought I was better than I do now because I've learned how much there is to learn. Like, I didn't even know that I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. And thank God or I would have quit right away. Like, I never would have got back on stage after that. <laughs> but it's like, that's... I think it's true of most things. But you know what I mean? Yes. Like, no, I don't know if I'm articulating it. But well, there's a but very... Like there's the, stupid, the stupid thing about how, like, you're too stupid to know you're stupid right. is is very, like... Like, I've heard people say, fuck science. Right. You know what I mean? So I've that. Heard, yeah, the flat earther. Dude, those climate people. Climate change. Yes. I mean, those people, <clears throat> they're too dumb to understand that they don't know enough. They see a doctor 
And they're like, oh, that doctor is a human man. I am a human man. I am as smart as that doctor. No, you're not. You're talking about Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly. But that's, but that's what they, Trump is. Trump sees an, an artist or a mo- a mo- sees somebody doing something. He's like, oh, that's a guy. I can do it. I'm a guy. I can do that. Well, you know, the United they States actually, ranks. Uh, sorry oh, to guy. interject, but the, there's an article that came out saying that part of the reason he, he made it is because of this effect, the Dun- Dunning-Kruger Kruger effect um, of that psychologist that, that researched it. Because like, if, you, if you're not smart enough to effectively self, self-evaluate, how can you know your weaknesses and stuff? Like, yeah. And that, Whenever that, I meet those really overconfident people, I'm like, oh, you're not that bright, are you? No. Like, and part of me, sometimes part of me is like, man, I'm, I'm a little jealous of that. Like, I am the, too. To just plow too. ahead, like, nope, I don't care. I'm going to bother these people till they give me spots. I'm going to get on stage. I'm going to do my thing. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. Like, and it's obnoxious for it's literally held me everybody back so much around that I can't them. Do that. It's obnoxious for everyone around them. And yet they continue to move forward. You know what the United States ranks in education? In the world, twenty seventh. You know what they rank number one in? What? Illiteracy. Confidence. Confidence. And that's 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 an actual. That's going back to that research and it goes back to what you're talking about. No, yeah. it's not because it, it explains the, America actually perfectly. Yeah. But weirdly, Educated? I think more the men than the sort of <laughs> confident. Very. <laughs> Yeah, confident it, that they are educated. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like confident that they know just as much as the experts. Yeah. Well, it's a perfect example. Like when people talk about war, you get all these people that get on there and go, "Yeah, fuck those motherfuckers. Let's go get them." And then you turn up and go, "Well, are you going?" Or? Yeah. And they're yeah. Like, well, no, but you know, fuck those motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what you're doing makes no sense. I'm not seeing a lot of Republican congressmen lining up to go to Iran. Well, it's just it's crazy. It's just, it's just the American mentality. Yeah. Again, the confidence. Someone else like, will do it. Yeah, get them. Okay. Not me. Yeah. You. You go get them. Not me. <laughs> I'm busy. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, doing the show. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, we'll Thanks for coming by. It's been a fun, fun little chat. Yes, our first we show of 2020. 2020 on was the a road. road trip. It was yeah, a road. on the road. On the road, guys. We're mobile. We don't have mobile. Where uh, you have shows coming this up? This couch is very comfortable. It you is. Guys are tired. Um, what? Where, uh, oh, shows, shows coming, coming up? up? Yeah, well, the sketch fest thing. I don't know when this comes out. San Francisco. Oh, this will come out next Monday. But uh, are you going to San Francisco? Oh, yeah, that's it this weekend. Um, so, no. What are you doing at sketch fest? Oh, well, I started telling that story about the Edinburgh show, and then we got sidetracked, I think. But um, oh, you're go- So you are going to be at sketch I fest? named the show at Edinburgh because I had to sell 250 tickets produced by John Cleese. That's Which it wasn't, but I sold tickets. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, and I'd just come out and apologize and say, look, I was produced by him. <laughs> That's what I meant when That's I said I show produced I by know him. I'm kind of duping you guys, but he would never knowingly pour money into something so obviously doomed to fail. Unless it yeah. was a marriage or whatever. <laughs> um, like, But, it, <coughs> yeah, that th- this weekend. And then I, I'm off to work with my dad on... Uh, we're doing a fish called Wanda as a musical oh. for Broadway. Um, and what's he? Is he doing? Is he, he's not we're in just that. Writing. Oh, yeah, not the music. He's the least musical. You ask him what his favorite genre of music is. Silence. <laughs> he's so weird. That, I don't get it. I love music. Yeah, I was gonna say people who don't like music. That is I always don't even love musical always demos, but strange. I, we're, this is hopefully going to be a little bit of a unique... It'll make a great musical, I think, because the script is so good. Yeah, Fish like, Called Wanda is an amazing movie that everybody loved. I yeah. mean, it's I super I mean, he funny. got nominated for an Oscar for that screenplay, which... 
Um, it's interesting. We wrote the first draft ten years ago, and this is it got put on hold because you know executive and, and Hollywood, Hollywood and, and everything and takes and a billion industry, years. And to I guess they wanted to make a TV show of it, <laughs> which is a fucking terrible idea. But I I thought sorry, I shouldn't be saying these things. Whatever. Well, I mean, but, well, they wanted. Uh, I heard they wanted to do like what they did with Fargo, and I'm like, the best thing about a fish called Wanda is the pacing. So dragging it out over a season is not like ideal. No, it, it really um, is. It's a qu- it's a fast paced movie. What about if it was on ice? <laughs> with, yeah, th- well, they definitely need a more diverse cast. <coughs> I will say. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it is a little bit white. Fish called Wanda. Yeah, so was England in the 80s, yeah. though. So, you know, but. Semantics. Exactly. So you're doing that. You're gonna. So you're writing the dialogue of the musical. Yeah. Well, we're rewriting. We just script. did a table read that went very well. I think it's gonna translate beautifully to the stage because it's kind of an intimate movie. But there, there's some really funny scenes from the movie that we've sort of elaborated and played up like that. I don't know how long ago you saw it, but like when uh, Otto follows Wanda to uh, Archie's house when she's going to seduce him and the wife comes home and, you know, they're all hiding. It's very, like, farcical and yeah. kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. That's good. I'm off to work on that. And, uh, God, I I do have stuff eventually, but if I find it, <laughs> i got to look at my calendar. I have so many question marks right now. Yeah. Well, it's the beginning it's of the like, year. That's how it is for everybody. Yeah, it's like I kind of, like, forgot to be proactive <coughs> about booking and then that... Uh, like sneaks up on you because I was really busy for a few weeks and then you don't book anything and then you're like ah yeah and I fired all my reps so oh really yeah well like a over a year ago because I didn't realize that it would be hard to get new ones <laughs> I mean I did but like yeah I'm being picky this time I'm not just like I've that's had probably too wise many that I've just like agreed to work with and then they sell you the world and then they do literally nothing nothing, nothing. except they take 10 percent when you book something that's your own on your own yeah. Th- that someone that's called all you all i've had them do and i finally was like i can't it's fucking crazy sometimes how they will do jack shit for you and then want your money when it's like but i but my friend called me my friend made this movie my friend asked me to be in this movie why are you getting this money you had nothing to do with this booking it's yeah. crazy it's crazy. I mean, the... My I agency ha- doesn't do that. They're great. I, <laughs> I got myself on um, At Midnight, and my manager at the time, who was a lovely man, but he was like, what's At Midnight? Oh, and I'm okay. like, if you're managing a stand-up comedian at my... At least at know my the level, shows like, they should be going out for. Like, he should have been pushing me for that. Like, that... And then I said I booked AGT, and he's like, what's AGT? And I was like, oh, God. Did you do America's Got Talent? I did. How was that? Um, I had a great audition. I got four yeses. Um, started preparing for the next round, like the televised one. And then like five days before I was taping or something, they called me and said it was cut. So I have no, uh, who knows? Oh, wow. They, they do that. It's all cast, you know? It's it's, like, it's such a bullshit. Yeah, that last comic standing, all that shit is, uh, mm, it's a little bit more. It's TV. I have mixed feelings about TV. doing it. Like, uh, kind of, like, I knew it would be great exposure, but it's also, like, you have a 90-second set. Exactly. What are you going to do in 90 seconds? Thank God I know how to write, like, because I I came out (laughs) swinging, but I also talk slow, so it's, like, I I couldn't, like, I don't know. But the audition was was 
went, I thought, really well. And I don't say that often. No, you only um, say it if you believe it. <laughs> and they all were, like, glowing. And even, I guess, Howie told the warm-up comic, who's a friend of mine. He, you know Frankie Nicotero, probably. Uh, name is very familiar. He He's great. What a job. Holy moly. Because you're in the Kodak Theater warming up. That's he, nuts. He does, like, running around. Yeah, you, that's the thing. If you're a warm-up guy for an audience, you have to be so fucking high energy. Like, if you're not Brody Stevens, you have to be yeah. completely <laughs> out of your mind yeah. with energy. Like, it is, a, it is a level of energy that I couldn't exude for literally three minutes of a day, not even all in a row, much less 20 minutes at a time. It's yeah. crazy. Um. So that was kind of a bummer, but, you know, it also, I understand, like, I, I should have told him I had cancer. To get out, uh, yeah. Yeah, this I is totally would have been And off. then the publicity coming out when they find out you didn't would be... Right. Would be even more crazy. And then I could write a book, release a sex tape, and I'd basically be a Kardashian. You would be... A, <laughs> not just release a sex tape well, so no, people know who you my are. my house is way too small, but... Um, well, yeah, you can't. Maybe you can't join their family, but I'm sure there's a sex tape community out there. You could be. Well, the next generation's got to be coming soon, so don't worry. about Yeah, the next about generation that. of sex tapes is on the way. Everybody, <laughs> check your doors. You check your They're coming. Out. Amazon yeah, drone. You um, oh. All right. Well, just uh, how about we send people to your website? And oh, don't don't do that. Okay, um, don't go to her website. Go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Okay. It's all my name, Camilla okay. Cleese. Uh, and C it's C A M I L L A, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you misspelled your own name when you texted me. And what? I I was like Did I? I go, man. My phone autocorrects it to the wrong spelling. That's sometimes. hilarious. Because I looked I looked online when I was messaging you because I'm like, don't spell the name wrong or you're a dick. And then I was like, all you know, of it's, I did it's the same thing like with you. I had to go back to Twitter and see if you used an H or not. Thank you for doing that. Most people would not even give a shit. I because everyone butchers my name like and your dad's name is John with an H so you're probably a little bit more I, I, cognizant I'm aware of it. yeah um and then it also autocorrects cleese to cheese oh god which is well it's kind of funny because that's actually our real last name cheese <laughs> yeah really they changed that H to an L but I, I'm like why would you do that and not just go with something like sophisticated and eloquent like I don't know what I had no idea his original. Why? That's crazy. Yeah. <coughs> Thank fucking God. Can you imagine trying to go up as Camilla Cheese? Camilla oh Chloe Cheese? Yeah, no. I mean, that's kind of a good comedy name, especially if yeah, you're not cheesy. Yeah, but it cheesy. sounds like one of those... Mike like, Stan. It's a fake... Yeah, sounds like Mike Stan. It sounds oh, like Mike a, Stan. We know a guy Is there a Mike Stan? We know oh, a guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're well, like, because I'm taking it if there's not. <laughs> is there... Is there... Is I, I put a question mark There's after. not. We've met him, but is there? Yeah. But I, whenever I see he's someone not a with good a man. stage name, like, you know this. It's like a prop cop. Uh, the only, the only good stage name that yeah. I think in the history of stage names that you, that you hear and you're like, that sounds wacky, but it's probably that guy's real name, even though it's not, is Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Because you look at him and you're like, he that guy's like name is Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield. Dangerfield. And then you find out his name is like Steve Jenks or whatever. It's like I, not. I still remember when I first got into comedy, this guy, he said, I was hosting, he said, my intro, just say, can't remember his name, he says, but he's, but he's funnier than cheese. And I was like, you know, like sometimes they say something and you're like, it's not really commuting, I don't get it, but whatever. And I go on there, so I'm assuming if that's your intro, you must have a it's the, the tag, a lot of, a lot of cheese, and the punchline that's coming to this is is everyone's gonna be like, thank God you said that up front. And he gets to me, he goes, yeah, I was uh, I ordered a pizza. The guy just said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a comedian. He goes, you funnier than cheese? And he moved on with his act. And I was like, oh, that's God. 
You should probably change your intro. Nope, definitely. Bring me up to that every time. <laughs> Always focus on it. I want a 10-minute intro describing that situation. What a terrible, terrible intro. Funnier than cheese. That's like the hamburger guy, right? Hamburger. What? Who? There was a guy that that was his hook. He just kept saying hamburger. It's, I think he's. I think his, he, his stage name is Hamburger, but he also uses it like a comma. So like he'll tell a joke and then he'll go hamburger and then I move on to his Who is joke. that? I don't know. Hamburger. It's, it's not Neil Hamburger. No, I know no, that. No, no, no. His name is his comic name is Hamburger. Well, that's that's interesting. That's, that would. Make so the me answer crazy. is no. She shouldn't want her name to be cheese. No, I guess I'm you're saying. right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Like if my it last name was sound like a stage name that I yeah, picked. If my like name was Hack instead of Huck. If it was Cheeseburger, then that's different. If your first name was Cheese. <laughs> um. All right, well, so follow you on social media if they want find out where you're performing. No, just do it. I don't care if you want. Okay. <laughs> just follow her on social media. It doesn't matter what you want, <laughs> what you're looking for, information. Um, do you, your social media is a lot of jokes, too, though, right? Yeah, Twitter yeah. Twitter's my favorite. I don't really do Instagram. I do sometimes, but... It's, but Twitter... Did I you, can't bring myself to do nude selfies, and apparently that's like what you're supposed to do on Instagram. Up? What? For stand for, up? For Instagram. I, yeah, I don't A focus. lot of the girls have gone that route. And it works. You get followers, but I just can't. You're talking about female comedians do yeah. it? Yeah. 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 That, it does work for followers, but you know, it depends on who you want your followers to be, because I also know some of those girls have to deal with a lot of pieces of shit that are hopping into their well, DMs. And, and I don't know. Jazz. I would rather people book me because I'm funny, not because I... Correct. Not because you have a bunch of followers for looking at your pictures. Yeah, I'd have to probably buy some fake boobs too, but I, you know. Yeah. I All right. So that. GoFundMe. What's your GoFundMe account? <laughs> We're starting a GoFundMe. Um, but follow follow her online. You can find out where she's going up next. Uh, if she's going to be doing. Go fondle me. Should go fond- oh! go to go to go fondle I me. I can't no. help myself with the ba- like the bad puns. I mean, my dog <laughs> is named Hercules. It doesn't get much worse. That's a uh, very good point. Also, your dog is <laughs> apparently passed Spent out. Sound asleep for <laughs> hours. Out, he was so ready to party when I came home last night. I got back late, so I think he's still tired. Oh, uh, he was raging. I got out the laser pointer because I was so tired. I was just like. And your dog chases oh, the laser pointer around? For hours. Really? It's great when I'm tired. Yeah. You, can just you would too, John, if somebody did. Just nobody's done it to you yet. That's By the true. way, he can't turn right, which is hilarious. Um, is he from New Jersey? <laughs> oh, wait, no, he can't turn left. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. They got Someone made a great the joke. Th- they were like, have you taken him to Australia? Just to see if it like... He goes backwards? Goes the other he- way? Hemisphere. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's stirring. Oh, 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 somebody heard their name. No, I don't think so. I think he's like naturally he waking up. on the stage, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah? But, and my dad shows. We just, the first time it was an accident, but we just let him run on and off as he pleases because the audience Loves dies it. every time yeah. he So it, he doesn't react to the, 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 the noise. He'll like run up to the front and he'll like, he's such a ham. He'll lie down and do an army crawl. and then Hamcules. <laughs> Hamucles. We We're try- just wrapping this up with puns. Let's <laughs> keep going, keep going. Oh, no. I used to live on a farm, and I had like I am the best person in, at naming farm animals, like in the world. Okay, Not good skill, good uh, skill. Yeah, I wish there was more demand for it. But uh, I had a llama named Komote Llama. Okay, yes. that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, okay. I have three alpacas. I feel like you're gonna like this one. Uh, they were Green Bay Paca. <laughs> 
Overpacka and fudge. <sighs> that <laughs> is fucking. Me and my wife were weird alpacas for Halloween this year. You were. We were like I weird al as alpacas. Um, so we were weird alpacas. I had a horse named Naked, naked. so that they'd have to announce Camilla Cleese riding naked. Yes. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. And then the guys that worked for me, I'd be like, "Could you go get naked for me?" And like, it always took a beat. Uh, I had a guinea pig named Misogyny. <laughs> So bad. <laughs> no, these good. are great. They, yeah. yeah, these are actually really good uh, pet names. Um, Farm animal names, I guess. But The rabbits were rabid and rabbi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> You're like, it goes on. Literally, the list. It's like a oh, scroll. You wouldn't, but, well, all the cats were cheeses because um, of our last name. And, and we started to run out of cheese. Like, it was like easy cheese and mac and cheese. Swiss. <laughs> Colby. Cheese, yeah, Velvet. <laughs> cheese Whiz. Colby Jack. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Thank you for doing the show. We appreciate it. Thank Thanks you guys. For for me. It was fun chatting with you guys. It was good. awesome. I'm glad you had I'm gonna fun. I'm going to go sit in traffic for five hours. Oh, you cool. got a show tonight? Yeah, I mean, not that far away, but oh. it's. But it's 12 miles. That's so five, five hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, do the math. Um, yeah, guys, thank you for listening. I uh, hope you're having a good 2020, and you can expect more dynamite content like this from us. All right, thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually, at John Huck, and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>